The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. The only way to have a friend is to be one. That's uh, according to Ralph Waldo Emerson. Incorrect. David Tyson Gentry reckons true friendship comes when the silence between two people is comfortable. Again, yeah, I think you're missing the point there. Muhammad Ali, and who am I to disagree with that great man? Friendship is the hardest thing in the world to explain. It's not something you learn in school. But if you haven't learned the meaning of friendship, you really haven't learned anything. Well, today, I learned the true meaning of friendship. The true meaning of friendship is when you are prepared to go into a house that smells of faeces, and not only do you look for the faeces, you tidy them up when you find them. Wait, just any any feces? Just random feces? How was I to know it was the cats? But it was the cats in the end. Okay, it, but you didn't care. It, it could have been the cats. It could have been a tramp. It. I had to find a, it. It could have been a, a railway hobo. And you thought, let me care for a fellow living creature by cleaning up their night soil. Exactly. And actually, the size of the night soil could have been human. Uh, it was, I mean, that cat is skinny. The cat is about 13 years old. It is skinny. You can see its ribs. She is, she's got a face that says, I have seen stuff. Catherine, you have no idea. The I stuff have I've seen. pooed stuff is what her face says. Well, what she's saying bottom. is, it's about time you got here. Have you seen the state up there? I went up the stairs. She was nowhere to be seen, by the way. So I, I, I opened the door with some trepidation because I've been thinking about this cat. This is Ian's cat. Velvet. Velvet. She's 13 years old. She has seen some stuff in her time. Yes, she has. And uh, frankly, she deserves to live out her dotage in comfort and peace and cleanliness, right? So I'm thinking, to be honest, I only had to go and see her. He said, I'll go and see her on Wednesday, put some more food in the bowl. She'll be fine. She'll be cool. She's, you know, she's an old lady. She quite likes her solitude. He's a little slapdash as a pet owner, I'll say, about (laughs) Ian. So... I let myself into the house and there is an immediate smell, but I'm not a pet owner. So I think that maybe I'm extra sensitive to other people's animals, right? Okay. And I know that she tends to hang out upstairs out of the way because from when she used to live somewhere else where there was a dog that she didn't get along with, the dog was a puppy and was obsessed with her and she, to be frank, couldn't be bothered with it. So she used to hang out upstairs. So I'm thinking, but at the same time, we'd had a conversation last night about whether or not this cat... It's going to survive and whether it's going to be on my watch that she finally passes on to the great cattery in the sky. And yeah. knowing my luck, it will be, right? So you're looking for a stiff, tiny, furry corpse. Uh, when I first walked in, I'm thinking, is that smell the smell of death or is that... No, death smells like bologna. What's bologna? Uh, it's a weird processed uh, meat in America that we love and find delicious on sandwiches for children. But uh, yeah, so death smells sweet and uh, rotting, like rotting and sweet at the same time, okay. like like spam, like old spam. Right. Okay. What? Well, it was pretty close, actually, then, to the smell of that cat litter tray, to be honest. Oh. Uh, a cat litter tray is more ammonia. That I am a fragrance expert, so I can tell you it's, yeah. it's more ammonia and, you know, straight up feces. Yeah, it was, it was, mo- it was mostly fecal, what I could yeah. smell. So I walk in like, right, and, and where is the cat? So first things first, I go and check the bowl. The bowl has been eaten. She's right? eaten the entire bowl. Well, the, the bowl china, of, the bowl of food. She's okay. eaten the wet food, okay. and then there's like a timer thing, a Wallace and Gromit style dry food compartment thing that opens and closes on different days, and it's got a timer on it, right? And has she worked the timer? She like done has opposable digits suddenly, and she's. I think the look on this cat's face, I wouldn't put it past her to be able to do that, but yeah. she she'd eaten some of that stuff. So I'm thinking, okay, so that's the dry food. There's some signs of life. Yeah. 
at least in the last couple of days. So, right, okay. So I look in there, I tidy up the bowl, I put more food down, put more water in the bowl, in the other bowl. And then I sort of venture upstairs towards this waft. And I'm thinking, God, where is the cat? Where is the cat? Just let me see the cat and then I know it's okay because I'm just... Yeah. I find the cat litter tray. My God. My God. I am not a cat. I love cats. Yeah, sure. And I haven't owned one. But, she, has well, she... that thing. I mean, that's the reason that, that nature makes them cute, isn't it? To <laughs> make up for the fact that that well, is the work of the devil. It's not. I mean, really, they cover up their own doo-doo. And normally, they like to go outside and discreetly... Well, this dude was sitting proud, waiting for me, like, yeah, I'm here. What are you going to do about it? She's eliminated her body weight. She's, in... she's, she's worked very hard on those, and okay. she's proud of them. So yeah. I got rid of that. By the way, are you supposed to put it down the toilet? No. Um, you No, you have a little baggie, and you, you know... You put the baggie over your hand like a mitten, and you kind of scoop it up, and then... And then where the, does it go? Turn it inside out. Oh, you have a special, uh, you know, refuse pile oh. for it. Yeah, well, a, I a had bin. like this, he gave me this sort of shovel, a scooper, a, a, a scooper, yeah. scooper. And so I got it, and I sort of sifted the cat litter out, and I put it yeah. down the toilet. I guess you could, but you know the cat litter is made out of clay. It probably will clog up the pipes. You're contributing to the fatberg scenario. Okay, well, look, oh, sorry about that, guys, but I'm just trying to do what I can. Yeah. So, right, that's eliminated. Now, where's the cat? Where's the cat? Right. So I go up to the room in the top of the house where I know she hangs out. There is no cat there. But there is, is an open skylight uh, next to a shelf, which quite easily could be used as a means of escape. You're looking very, you're getting very forensic about this. Well, at this point, I'm thinking, where is the goddamn cat? Normally, you know, a cat that's been left alone for a couple of days will be curious, surely, especially when they hear the bowls going downstairs, surely. The... Yeah. So um, I'm at this point in my head thinking, do I tell him while he's on holiday that his cat has got lost on my watch? Or probably I'll just leave it till... I have no point worrying him now, is there? Exactly. So I'd already made that decision that I wasn't going to tell him. Yeah. And then as I walk down the stairs, there is a little shadow flashing from a different room. And I peep around there and she's been sitting under his bed, I think, for the whole time. Oh, well, in between making her trips to eliminate... It's close to the litter tray. Yes. So... Also, she'd skidded in it a little bit, so I had to tidy that up. Yeah. But um, she looked at me like, yeah, what time do you call this? There was a lot of chatter. Was she meowing at yes. you? Oh, see, that's... Do you know that cats only meow at humans? Do they? Yes. Because the only time you hear a cat naturally meow on its own is if they're a kitten talking to their mother about wanting food. So it's a sign of affection and it's com a communication. They only do it. Adult cats only do it with humans. And they're and and they're trying to sort of ingratiate themselves so you feed them. No, no, they're not. They're, they're having, not being kittenish with you. They're they're chatting with you. They're saying hi. I see you. Thanks for you know. What time do you call this? As you say, yeah. and hi. Like she's acknowledging you, and she she let me stroke her a couple of times. Yeah, and then not, she was off doing a thing. Right. Again. So I, I was allowed to go. I, I I saw that as permission to right now. Yeah. You've done your thing. You you can go now. So, yeah, that's her, I think, for the next couple of days. But I, f I kind of feel like I want to just go and check in her again tomorrow. I think it's a good idea. And also, I have to say, I'm casting aspersions on Ian's parenting skills when it comes to his cat. Because the way he was just so casual as can be, show up on Wednesday. Wednesday, she'd already eaten her wet food and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of 
uh, extruded it out the other end. So <laughs> extruded it. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. I'm going to listen to you, not him. Yeah. And I, I have mentioned a lot of the detail of this. I've not mentioned the fact that when I was tipping it down the loo, I did dry heave a lot. Yeah. That stuff. Do you know? Do you know that there's a really exciting virus that you can get from yeah. cat waste and also can't it like affect your mental health yeah um so what it does is it's kind of exciting it's sort of a um a, a win-lose scenario because on the one hand it, apparently if you touch if you somehow make physical contact with this with cat filth um and it gets in the system don't know how it necessarily gets in the system but say you haven't washed your hands and maybe mm-hmm. you ate something uh, it can make you promiscuous, wow. promiscuous. But then on the negative side, and maybe that is already the negative side, uh, you feel suicidal. Right. So it's not or maybe it's a lose lose situation. But the the reason why it exists in nature and also can I take this opportunity to announce that one of my side interests is parasites. I'm very interested in parasites and their behavior. So what this parasite does is it gets in you. It's not a virus. It's a parasite. That's right. Um, It is designed to make rodents love cats. And come to them oh. willingly, like sacrificial victims. So it gets mice and rats all loved up. If they get, if they start interfering with the cat doo doo, then they see kitty and they're like, "Let me have some of that." And then it's just easy pickings for wow. for for little kitty. Wow. Yeah. Parasites are probably are they the most successful of the kind of animal species? Yeah. Well, if you, I mean. My goodness, we were just talking last night about, um, or at least I was. Uh, yeah, about the things that crawl out of your eyes. Yeah, the things that crawl out of your eyes, have sex with each other and crawl back into your <laughs> eyes and then die and then explode in a pile of poo, which is apparently my favorite human substance, <laughs> an, an, an animal kingdom substance. But yeah, uh, parasites are, they're there to engineer um, their whole lifestyle out of everything else's foibles and yeah, weaknesses yeah. and behavior. And also they're here to party. They're, they're here to get sexy at they're, every opportunity. Yeah, they're here. On you. On you, right. I mean, you know, anytime you want to stop down tonight, just say parasite at me and I'll have a parasite <laughs> story for you. Okay, I'll bear that in mind. Yeah. I'll bear that in mind. Yeah. We're going to talk more about cats, but like completely, oh, an awful story. I don't know whether... Oh, because that was such a great one that we just talked about. Well, it was a happy ending. The cat's fine. It okay. just I mean, it just left a pretty dirty protest okay. at being left. But and I, to be honest, I can't blame her. No, I don't blame her. I if blame everyone Ian. else had gone to New York without you, we, right. I'd probably do it. In fact, what, what the hell am I doing just sitting here good? <laughs> 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 There's still plenty of time for that. I'll wait till Friday. Um... So, uh, yeah, we've got a, a horrible cat story from 11 o'clock, um, <laughs> which may, I should probably do trigger warning now. Um, but we've spoken about it a bit on this show in the past because um, there's someone out there massacring cats. And uh, it started out as being known as the Croydon Cat Killer. But we're going to be speaking to the people who've been investigating quite a lot of similar attacks all over the country. Does that mean it's only still one person? Well... They have a theory that it might be one person moving around. Ew. Yeah. And not a copycat killer. Katie. Oh, no. How dare you. 
Mm. Uh, but you can talk. We can talk about anything you want on this show. So if you're new to this, um, if you if you're if you're an old hat at this, you know exactly what the score is. We bang on, and you can join in, um, and you can talk about what we're talking about, or you can talk about whatever you fancy. We've got Alan Caddick and Angela on the phone, and they're going to bring something completely different to the party. I can guarantee you of that. Um, but if you want to give us a ring, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number, uh, or you can uh, you can text us on. 87222 but just put talk at the beginning of your message and that'll cost you 25p per message on top of your standard network rate or you can just tweet us at talk radio and it'll pop up on my screen and i will address it as soon as i can uh but yeah let's let's crack on with the phone call shall we let's have a word with um it's got to be caddick hello alan caddick oh boy you a fire cat oh so you missed the last 10 minutes of friday's show then alan caddick well i was asleep um, that was a fist of sleep, not falling asleep on the phone sleep. All right, OK. What time do you go to bed on a Friday night, though? You're a young man, you should be out there on the town. I usually go to bed when my mum goes to bed at 11. OK. Well, that's a very reasonable time. That's why you're so sprightly and fresh-faced. Do you know what? Yeah? No, I'm not going to ask you. No, I am. So what happened with you? When's karaoke night? Well, I'm retired. You've been retired from karaoke? <laughs> Is that, yeah. a, is that a thing? No, uh, it's an actual decision I made. Because oh. I found out I can't sing. Who told you that? Uh, I, I found that out for myself. How did you find it out? Because there are a lot of people who still haven't worked that one out. Well, the voice is gone. And I can't belt up the tune like I used to. Oh, I see. You couldn't physically sing. Just didn't... All right, I got you. Okay. But that doesn't explain why you've been let back in the building, even though Ian and Watco said you were fired. Well, then you're going to have to catch up with the last ten minutes of Friday's show. Frankly, Alan Caddick, if you want to go to bed at 11, I'm pleased for you. In fact, I'm quite jealous of you because I haven't been to bed at 11 o'clock for some Hi, time. Katie. Hi, Alan. But it's not my job to catch you up on basically what was a, a drama and i'm still getting over it so yeah you're you're contributing to kath's traumatizing yeah but i forgive you alan oh, i'm sorry girls I, I, I was kept out the loop well no you you fell asleep the loop was there <laughs> you just weren't listening to it well um, well thank god for youtube that's all i can say well i've got sad news for you on that front you're not on tonight we're not allowed to do it anymore well, how come? Because News UK are in charge of us and they've decided that none of us are allowed to do it anymore. Is that the Murdoch Corporation? Yes, it is. Mm. Don't. Don't not the Murdoch. Don't. Don't not the Murdoch. Don't, don't even say it. Don't say what you're going to say. Don't, don't even think it. Don't even think it. And I can hear you thinking it, so stop it now. I'm not... I'm saying Rupert Murdoch is a good oh, man. Okay. Well, I... Was there um, anything you wanted to tell us, Alan Caddick? There usually is. No, I was going to say, Danny Barnes pulled out of in the new Bond film. I know, fact. Creative differences, apparently. What do you reckon that means? He wanted more money. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> yes. Or do you think someone on it is a nightmare? Oh, I don't know who we're going to get to direct it. Maybe they could get Daniel Craig to direct it himself. Bit busy, though, being James Bond, isn't he? It worked for some other actors. I mean, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. I can't imagine Ron Howard doing James Bond. But he could direct it like he took over his solo. Yeah, directing it and starring it in the same time. That's sort of tricky, isn't it? Especially mm. with all those stunts. 
Or we could have a different direction with Steve Guttenberg. What? Carrie Mahoney. What? Uh, Steve Guttenberg as James Bond? Yeah. You don't see that there's a fundamental flaw with that, although... Well, he's American. Yeah, he's American. How old is Steve, Steve Guttenberg? I mean, he's in fine fettle. I met him last year. He's in good shape. Oh, is he? Yeah. But, I mean, he's got to be in his 60s, hasn't he? Mind you, how old was Sean Connery? Hard to tell. Caddickle, no. He was in his 70s when he made his last film. Shut up. He was not. Let me look it up. Sean Connery. When he made Never Say Never Again, he was turning 70. (gasps) No. When he made Never Say Never Again. Blimey. Is that true? I mean, I've got no reason to doubt you. You are kind of a human encyclopedia of these things, but... Gosh. Well, maybe Steve Guttenberg could be in then. Who knows? These well, days, the I don't disbelieve anything. Anything is a- absolutely possible. Well, the bookie's favourite is Idris Elba. Yeah, I know. Well, an African Bond. African? You're not allowed to use that colour. Yeah, but he's not American. No, African. But he's not... But he's African British. You can say black. I thought that would be racially inappropriate. Really? Yeah. Really? I, I'm not up on that. No, I don't think so. I think in America they, they prefer African-American. No, they they say people of colour now. People of colour, right, okay. And that's something that you can use here. But I wouldn't be afraid of saying... I wouldn't be afraid of saying a black bond, would you? I'm not, but I, I'm not the but most then, reliable. You know what's tricky is... I mean, you guys can still say Oriental here, and that is so... Still a bit old-fashioned, though, isn't it? So wrong in America. That is so wrong. Mm-hmm. But then you say Asian in America, and that means... Chinese, Japanese, yeah. South Asian, and then that means something else. Here. It's all very tricky, but I, I don't it's know. A, yeah. I wouldn't be afraid to say a black, Alan. Why? Well, I, I mean, but he's not African. He's British. He's from Hackney. It's better than saying the N word. God, why would you even think that? No, I'm saying it's, that would be the ultimate taboo. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we're just getting right into the ultimate taboo. I mean, why and, do we have for, to go straight there? Yeah, first 20 minutes of the show. Let's just talk ultimate taboo. Who, ultimate taboos! Who would say that? And that, uh, Thanks very much for that, Alan Caddick. That reminds me, right, I've been watching Big Brother a bit, mostly because I, I kind of know some of the people on there and I'm waiting to see whether the truth comes out. Um, but, oh, so you know the story behind the story? Sometimes, with some of them, yes. But there was a guy on there who, in the first couple of days, dropped the N-word... About three times, I think, and the next day blamed it on being drunk, right? Well, it, that means that that means that that word is floating in, around in your head anyway. That means that that's how he really talks. Yeah. It's, a, it's a truth serum. So yeah. normally he's just trying to stop himself from compulsively blurting it out. I can honestly say it's not part of my vocabulary at all. I've never felt the need to stop myself saying it. Right. I've never been singing along with something and felt like I had to make the decision. It's just not there. So I don't understand why some people have such a strange relationship with it yes i like that yeah so that what else was happening what else was going on when he was drunk is that the touchy-feely guy no okay different fella okay should we have a quick word with angela yes please hey angela hey Catherine and katie good hello. evening hello hello um, i've just got a few questions to both of you but i'll go to you Catherine. go on no no on, on a friday show yeah i was i was re-watching the video can I ask you? Can you be honest with me? Yeah, obviously. Did you dress up as a man for the night? What? 
Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> Drag king. Yeah, I could do it. I could definitely pass, but no, that was not me. Yeah, sure. Pretty sure, yeah, I was at home. Oh. Because um, mm. I had two weeks off. Yes, you did, didn't you? Yeah. And you had a birthday. Happy birthday for late birthday. Thank you. Thank you. No, that wasn't me. I can confirm that was not me. Everyone, conspiracy theorists, back up on <laughs> yeah. that. But uh, see, look, look how the, how unsteady all the listeners feel because you guys are filled with little scrapes and jigs and funny little tricks. <gasps> I don't know what you mean. Mm. Next question. Yeah, to Katie. Go on. Could you tell me why they talk Fox, Fox News or Sky in America? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know it was on Sky, and I didn't know it was off Sky. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, well, I don't know. It is there a controversy? I don't know, but I will miss it because um, I, uh, I used to live in the states when I was little, but I kind of miss that connection with, with the states because you know what, what's going on and everything. Yeah, it's quite kind of kind of miss it. <laughs> so you're saying Sky Television here used to have Fox News, and it doesn't anymore. No, but we have CNN News or the World News and all that stuff. Huh. Yeah, no, mm. I don't have any insight. I don't get Sky anyway. I don't have a TV, so I'm really behind the times. I'm very steampunk. <clears throat> I don't blame you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. But that, I just, I'm just intrigued on that video because when I was watching the video, um, he annoyed um, Ian a little bit because he snapped at him a little bit, I thought. Yeah. So you thought it must be me? Yeah. I thought it was you. <laughs> because, because of how rude Ian was. Um, no, he, he, he wasn't rude. I think he was just a little bit... He was rude. Why, ...why he was getting things ready. And you know what he's like anyway. But um, I was just wondering if it was just like... They're good at doing pranks. And I thought, hmm, I thought, I thought to myself afterwards. Was that me? Like, eh? You thought, was that me? Uh, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm flattered that you think I could carry off three hours um, as another Ian, but no, um, that was I can confirm that was not me. I was at home, and uh, I was listening with probably just as much um, shock as everyone else was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, just, it, it was just it dawned on me when I went through it again. Mm. Oh well, it's, it's always good to question, Angela. Anyway, how's your day been? Uh, it's been okay. It's just been to see one of my relatives in the hospice up the road. She she's coming coming home on Thursday, but she hasn't got long. She be she she's um, passing away Christmas, so we were told. So, um, but apart from that, I'm all right. <laughs> okay. Well, keep on mm. keeping on. It's nice to hear from you, Angela. And you know, as well, I hope to see you and Ian back to normal on. Is it Monday? Yeah, Monday should be. I mean, but normal, I can't guarantee. <laughs> and K- Katie should be involved before three of you. That would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. I don't know if Katie would like that. <laughs> Look, if you could only see Katie's face. <laughs> yeah. The, the frozen, glazed expression. <laughs> Take care, Angela. <laughs> and you, bye. 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 If you want to give us a ring, 0344 You're listening to Talk Radio, and this is The Late Night Alternative. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio.
0344 499 is the number. I can see Matt's waiting. But we want to talk about... You oh. had a story about Fox News. Right? Oh, yeah. No, when Angela was just saying whatever happened to Fox News, she was trying to follow it here in, in the UK. It just reminds me of a story uh, from a, um, a guy who used to install cable. I was reading it on Twitter. And he um, said that by far the angriest customers who were put out by the fact that their cable had failed would be the Fox News watchers. So they right. were the ones that would completely blow their top when they were not able to watch Fox News. And he told a tale about one time showing up with his van and discovering that the cable, in fact, had been sliced in two by the next door neighbors digging their pool and uh, there was nothing he could do it was going to take a week and he could he got out of the house before the owner of the house was turning purple and you know about to lose his rag and as he got into his van and was writing his report out knock 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 on the window of the van it was the wife she looked tremulous she looked ashen-faced she looked very very frozen in fear and she she just said is there anything anything you can do because he needs he needs his Fox News. And the cable repair guy just knew that she was unsafe. Yeah. And he just said, well, let me just see if I can just jerry-rig something together. And he was able to just do some crazy finagle. But he says, by far, that the Fox News... Now, I'm not saying Angela is, like, out of control, but she did need her connection to Fox. And there was only... One other uh, aficionado of of cable television who was more dedicated and, in fact, violent and fierce than the the Fox News devotee. Sports. No. Home Shopping Network. (gasps) QVC. Right. Any of those home shopping type Mm -hmm. things. Those people are completely like they just need that. They need that. I watched that for the first time in ages. Um, while I was away in the, in the caravan, I was up late one night and I decided to have a little look. That stuff is addictive. What is it about it that's addictive, do you think? The fact that they have this way, this easy way of talking to you as the viewer, just you, and they've got the thing that you want, and, and they've got the, the greatest, greatest news. It's kind of, it's like a gospel thing. They've got the greatest thing, right? And no one else knows about it, but I'm going to tell you exactly how I get this amazing fresh face complexion and yes. no one's going to believe that i'm i'm getting to nearly 60 and people are asking me what are you using and it's this and unfortunately i've got joan with me and joan is joan you're behind this amazing product aren't you and it's that it's that kind of boom 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 and they can they can model it for you they can i mean with the with the jewelry they'll measure it for you i mean yeah. i don't know why you would need to see the little you can see yeah. it on someone's ear i don't know why you'd need to see the tiny yeah. um ruler next to it but yeah. It's just so slick. And I just, I just got completely sucked in. I did you know, buy a couple of things. I think you'd be good. You know, just that little patter you were doing just then and that <laughs> eye contact you were giving me, the twinkle. You yeah, were but it's so, uh, you'd be good. Wow. Maybe I, one day, huh? Income stream, alternative I, revenue. There. I was asked once by a friend of mine who was working for, I think it was QVC. It might be in another channel. It might be an ideal world. I can't remember. But she said they were looking for someone to head up a product. And I didn't really understand it at the time. And it was kind of before this whole YouTube thing mm. of um, people coming on and you don't realize they're selling you stuff because yeah. actually they're demonstrating for right. you. You right. know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I started watching a couple of them years and years ago, like Zoella and there's Pixie Wu. There's two sisters who are great makeup artists mm-hmm. and they'll show you these things. And then you kind of realize that in some cases they're being paid to <laughs> yeah. show you this no. amazing. How do they go shopping that much every week? Yeah. And. Um, and and you do find yourself going, oh, yeah, well, maybe I'll try that and I'll have a little go with that as well and I'll try that look and maybe the brushes and not. And they, 
it's just so good. I'm very suggestible anyway when it comes to shopping. But um, so I, it was at the start before that, and this friend of mine said that they were looking for someone to head up a campaign for, I think it was candles. And what they wanted was, you know, your every woman, your young mum. And the idea was I would go in and have a chat to the person who was in charge of the company. And I would be not a spokesmodel, but almost like, well, you know, like Liz Earl or Joe Malone, yeah. that type of thing, where you're the face of it. And it's almost like, I think the idea was I was supposed to say, I've been developing these products at home. And all oh, that so it was a total yeah. cock yeah. of shit. And it was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't mean to do two swear words in a row, but I did. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. It was a total you're... C of S. All right. <laughs> but no, you're all right. Um, but I just found it. I didn't really understand the concept at that time. I completely get it now. And maybe I missed the boat. Maybe I missed a really, really nice luxury boat. How good are you at lying? At that time, I was working in um, a radio station where I didn't really like going there anymore. And I think I would have said anything. I mean, yeah, you know, I wouldn't pretend that I could speak to the dead or anything like that. But I could say that I was into a candle. Or... Yeah, I think you'd be fantastic at it because you're such a good storyteller. I mean, I was riveted by the scooping up the cat litter <laughs> tale. That was like Charles Dickens to well, my ears. If you're listening, QVC, then, you know, maybe it's an idea. I certainly wouldn't turn anything down at this point. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, you get very enthusiastic about the... Pro- I mean, we've spoken about makeup before and, you know, swap some tips and you've waxed very fulsomely about the things that you like. I, I could see you turning that into a... A respectable living. It, I just think it's um, it's unlike a, here. It's a, <laughs> I don't know what you mean, but it's an amazing skill, isn't it? And I just I was riveted by it. I think it, the fact that they managed to turn it into sort of infotainment, and it, which is such an American idea, but they do it in a British way. I thought was really interesting. Yeah, well, they're they're professional buddies, aren't they? They're your friends, and yeah. then they're giving you some hot tips. What's yeah. not to like? Yeah, but actually, what they're doing is gaining all your money. Yeah, There's let's that. have a quick word with Matt. Hiya, Matt. Hello. Yes. Hi. Hiya. 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 Is that Hiya. me? It's you. If you're Matt. All oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But right, okay. I, you know, before when you you asked the caller, like when um when you said, oh, I don't worry, it's all right to say the word black. Yeah. Right. Don't you think the world has got to a ridiculous state where you, there has to be some kind of rule book where what you are and are not allowed to call people? No. I. You don't I, think. I don't I think it's ridiculous, and I don't think it's that frightening. Yeah, I think, well, you know, language adjusts. Whatever is considered appropriate does adjust from generation to generation, and even just from year to year. And it's just called being decent, you know, and being compassionate. And I don't think it's so much as a, a rule book as just an adjustment of perception. Yeah. I mean, there are words that you would never use. You wouldn't use to, um, you know, your sister or your mum. So you wouldn't you use them to you, another you woman, would you? No. Things like things like the N word, obviously, that's offensive. Yeah. But if, 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 if saying like, oh, b- that guy before was saying, oh, can I use the word black? Well, yes, it's a black yeah. guy. You yeah. know what I mean? But I think and that it, that comes from the sort of conversation where people are saying, oh, you can't say anything these days. Yeah, you can. Just don't be rude. Exactly. And it, but it, it's got to. It, it's the world is getting that that. Um, that uh, uh, intense that it's, it's, it's you're scared to whatever you want to call people. No, I, I don't. I, I don't think the world. I don't. Like, I don't think the world is really getting that intense. I think there are some people who like to encourage division and make you think you can't talk to everyone the same. But I think for the most part, no. I don't think the world's changed that much, apart from the fact that we're learning a bit more about you know 
what's polite and what isn't. It's like it's like it's like that, that guy before who said, "Oh, can, can I say the word black?" Yeah. He wouldn't have said it the other way around. He wouldn't have said, "Oh, am I allowed to say the word white?" Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm a white guy. I'm not offended by anyone calling me white. Why should a black person be offended by um, the word black? Depends it, how it's it, said. It, it, it depends what it's put with, doesn't it? Like, yeah. And the same would apply to the word white. Yeah, and it, and it, it just I just thought of that, but what you know when that guy said that before, I thought what a ridiculous thing for him to say. Like, but you know, it, it's it's why should it be offensive that, that he's you know that if if he said oh a black guy, why should it be offensive? Well, language does adjust, and being American and having just been there, that the phrase people use now is people of color, uh, and it used to be African-American, then it was black, now it's people of color, and I don't know why that is, but if that's the way to be sensitive, it's easy enough to make that adjustment. I think that... Well, then, you've, then you've got the, then you've got the, the, the American comedian, that Chris Rock, mm. and, he, and he, he'll come and he'll, he'll, say about, he'll say about white people, he calls them crackers. Right. And it, like, and that, but that seems to be all right. We're all it's, right it's, it. Well, he's a comedian, so he's making a point. He's being deliberately provocative. Ah, yeah. So it's all right to be racist if you're a comedian. He's making a point. So he's not racist. He's making a point in his punchline. Because cracker yeah. is, a racist, uh, is a racist term for white people. Cra- cracker is a racist term? For white people, yeah. But I'm, I, yeah, but I'm a white person, but I'm not offended by the word cracker. Yeah, because you're not American, so you don't know about the connotation. You don't know. It's about people who live in trailers, who grew up, you know, the term poor white trash, which is also offensive, has to do with lower economic uh, strata of white Americans growing up in Appalachia. So well, it doesn't, white, it doesn't affect Ameri- you. Are white American people offended by the word cracker? Yeah. Some will, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. Okay, it, it's just a word, you know, it's a word It's not in your culture, so that's why it's not, like, triggering you. Right, okay, okay. Well, you've, you've taught me something. I didn't know that, so... Anyway. I, thought, I, just, I just wondered why right, it was, that's, it's different for each thing, that's all. It's all right. Mm. Just is, and do you know what I find the really useful thing to do is? I listen to the people who are going to be negatively affected by whatever term you're going to use for the reasons why, rather than, oh, it's all having a guess, to be honest. And if someone says, I don't want to be referred to in that way, I tend to think they've usually got a point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. But it's got to, it's got something you don't know what to say anymore because it's yeah, like it's like it's like it's it's subjective. Everything's subjective. You, you do it's know like, what to say, Matt, because you wouldn't use the N word. No, no, I wouldn't use the N word. So but you the, do. The, 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 the certain little things that you sometimes you might say. I don't know if, I, if I'm speaking to a black guy, I might say something, but not the N word. But I might say something, and he might go, "Oh, well, I'm offended by that," but I don't know because it's like. It's got to that stage, the world, where it's like, well, I, I didn't realise that you, was offensive if, to you. If, you. if you are talking to somebody with respect and you are both employing common human decency, then and, and you make an honest mistake, then you can learn from it. It's, it's really, it's just about communication and listening. And it's not mm. a rule book situation. Because no one's going to be offended if you, uh, you know, ignorantly say something, and but you're, you mean well. Mm-hmm. You can make that adjustment. Yeah, don't be afraid to talk to people. No, I'm not afraid to talk to people, but sometimes it, it, it bothers you what you're going to say to them because you don't want to offend them, but you well, say then, something that is offensive. Well, then you're most, you of the way, you're most of the way there then if you don't want to offend people. Sorry? You're most of the way there then if you, if you know you don't want to offend people. You know. 
I know, but some people just get offensive at the, uh, offended who's, at the slightest who's got thing, a, and it's who, ridiculous. Who's got offended with you? Um, well, I, I mean, a lot of a lot of people in the past, not recently, but like in the past, I've said things to people, and it's, and it's been a, it's been offensive. I've not meant to be offensive. What, like what? Well, I mean. <laughs> No, there's nothing specific, but it's like, in the past, it's, you know... It's, if someone it's had just, been offended by something I said, I would remember what I'd said. Well, it's, it's happened quite a lot of times. <laughs> like, so give me one example from the quite a lot of times. Okay. Well, all right, all right. For instance, all right, okay. Well, I've got, all right, all right, I've got gay mates, okay? Yeah. I've got mates that are gay. Good. And so I'm in, I'm, I'm in the gay club with them. I've gone out for a drink to yeah. the gay club yeah. and all that, right, okay. And then, and like, um, but so, so for instance, an ex-girlfriend of mine, her, uh, I lived with her, and she had a cousin that lived with her, this guy that was a gay guy, mm-hmm. okay? And we all lived in the same house. Right. Now, she, my, the girl I was with used to say to her cousin, he used, she used to basically take the mickey, but in a nice way, you know, a friendly, bantering way, mm-hmm. and like that. And then I said something one day, and I, and I, was, I was pretending to be like, I put on this um, thing of being camp. Do, do you know what I mean? Yep. And then it, 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 he took that as an offence, and I was, I was like, "No, you know what I said? She can do it, but I can't." Well, you know, but that's her a... relationship with him was different. That was her, her cousin, wasn't it? Well, she, he was also my best mate at the time, but she couldn't do it, and I could. I, I mean, sorry, she could do it, and I couldn't. I wonder what you said in that voice. I don't know. I just said something that was really camp, and he said, "No, that's quite offensive." And I thought, "That's just wrong." That well, she can say it, and I can. Well, but it's the same thing of anything. It's whether it's whether it's sexuality, race, religion, anything. It's, it's, it's I think if the punchline to something is someone's identity, then that might be where you're going wrong because that's the suggestion that in some way that is funny, mm. or wrong, or daft. You know, up for ridicule. Maybe it's that. But do you know what I liked about, like, um, I, I was listening a bit ago right, when Ian was on, right? When Ian Lee was on. And I liked the bit. I can't even remember what it was. It, was, it, it, I just, it had me in stitches. He said, it, somebody rang him up and he went, okay, then, right, fair enough. I'm racist, I'm racist, I'm sexist, or whatever, and all that. And it just, it, it, I, he had me in stitches, yeah, he does. But, but you know why that was, <laughs> you know that why that was funny? Why? Well, because he's not any of those things. I know, that's what I mean. That's what I saw that. I saw that. And the thing is, like, he, he has, he has his, he, his mental health issues. I've got the same mental health issues. Mm. And I saw it. I saw it straight away. And I think in the same way as that guy does. Yeah. And I just, I just, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I don't mean to be offensive to people. I just say stuff like that and go, all right, all right, all right, all right I'm, I'm, I'm sexist, I'm racist, whatever. And then they take it as like, like, like offensive. They can't take a laugh at it. Mm, okay. All right, Matt. I think you might be missing a little bit of nuance there, but uh. do you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the, the end of it can't be yeah, I'm yeah, I'm racist. The whole point was, I think, if the conversation you're talking about, someone was accusing Ian of being racist or sexist. I can't remember, but someone who regularly comes on and goads him about stuff and really just comes on for a fight. So that yeah. was the thing. It, that wasn't kind of yeah, I've said something offensive. So what? That, that's not that's not what was going on there. All uh. right. Anyway, anyway what, how, how is he? And is, how is how is he? He's good. He's having a holiday with his boys. He's having a good. All right, well, give him my love. I'm I'm, I'm going now. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. All right, take He's care. Right. Bye, bye, bye. Um, not sure we made any headway there, but mm. 
It's an interesting thing because it's not it's not really hard. It's just emotional intelligence. Yeah. It's just listening and. But there is a there is a thing though, isn't there, where people go, oh, political correctness, as a kind of oh, we'll never keep up with it. It's ridiculous and it's happening all the time, and, and we should just opt out. And 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 that it's a you know it's a silly thing and it's a fad. Actually, it's not. Political it, correctness is just the same reason why you wouldn't call a woman a bitch. Yeah. No, it's just being it's just being decent to yeah. another human being. And if you look at language, the way it's morphed and changed over the, the years, the centuries, the um, a, a friend of mine uh, years ago was telling me that uh, his grandmother, who lives in South Dakota, which is a very uh, sparsely populated state in the American Midwest, referred to people of color as pickaninnies. Oh, wow. Um, and that just seemed fine to her. And she was, you know, a bazillion years old. Uh, was probably born in the first part of the 20th century. And perhaps that was actually just the going term at the time. That's like how she grew up. It was what was yeah. going on there. So she's not trying to make a statement or be controversial or be offensive. She just is. Um, and uh, same with me. I, I My parents are older. My dad threw around a lot of very um, earthy, earthy terms. Um he his family were immigrants from Eastern Europe, and he grew up in Southern California, and he was surrounded by immigrants. So, uh, if he called, uh, he said, "Oh yeah, that you know that guy's a good Polak or you know typical Kraut." Well, he actually grew up with kids who were Germans, who were Polish, um, and there was a certain amount of racial profiling and, and ethnic profiling, national profiling. Well, how, how, how he was judged as well, I right? I'm right, and uh, so it's kind of interesting. So you can see how that developed, but you know, but the excuse of oh, that's what we used to call them is yeah, not really an excuse but, anymore. But of it? course, it's t- terribly embedded. And you know, by the time we're in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, and he's saying someone like, oh yeah, she, she's a real good crowd, like one of the good ones, like I. I don't really know that frame of reference, Dad. Let's let's cool it on the crowd talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, at that point, though, was he mixing with lots of different people still, or is it you know? Because yeah. I kind of wonder whether people would throw those words around if they were socially with oh, different groups of people. My, you know? Yeah, my dad was a real character. I tell you what, um, he was more than mixing with those people. <laughs> he actually was an intelligence agent. He All worked right. for the American Air Force. We lived in Moscow. We lived in Berlin. Uh, his job was to infiltrate uh, the, the, all these various nationalities. He spoke nine or ten different languages fluently, um, looked Eastern European, could pass himself off as any number of nationalities. So, uh, yeah, he was he was definitely a, a bundle of contradictions, that guy. Uh, he deliberately, he, he was a winder-upper. Right. Yeah. We're going to talk to Lewis and Rory. If you want to join the queue, 0344 we'll come to you as soon as we can. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. You know, we can have that conversation about the political correctness debate. I I don't think many people, if you think about it, believe that it's something that... um, it's not real, is it? This whole thing of um, you can't say this anymore. No, there's no it's, such thing. Why would you want to say that anymore? Yeah, why would Sometimes. you? Oh, well, the, the, you know, it, to use our perpetual example of bad behavior, Donald Trump, he, he rails against political correctness. It's because he's the one who's always saying really offensive stuff. He wants the freedom to besmirch the air around us yeah. with offensive content. And not be corrected by anyone. Yeah, not be fettered by it. So, yeah, you know, if you're a baby, you don't want to have any rules and regulations. It also astounds me that you get some people who are, you know, in their 50s and 60s 
who haven't learned anything since they were in their 20s. I yeah, haven't that's changed their opinion on yes. anything. I'm a different person, and I, I would hope that I'm getting to be a better person because I didn't know everything I thought I knew. Well, there. Th- when is the point where you stop learning and then you start fossilizing? You yeah. turn into the petrified version of yourself because you kind of see sort of a cliche. Because we've all got those grandparents, right? Yeah, that are, well, in my day, it was fine to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's not anymore. But, uh, but yeah, and then you get, I guess, more and more scared when you get older or less able to adapt or adjust because when you're younger, it's all about adapting and adjusting and learning. I think maybe what it is is as you get older, you it's frightening to accept that you don't know something still. Hmm. I don't or know. Or that you might have been wrong about something. You know, the older I get, the the more I realize the less I know. I mean, I was so sure of myself when I was 22 years old. Like, I, yeah. you know, I knew what was what. Yeah. Who and was I would an judge idiot. Pe- you know, I judge people. Yeah, really judgmental. And I'm not now. I'm like, but that oh. comes from being brought up by parents who, you know, told you right from wrong. And you do this and you don't do that. And yeah, you, there's no there's no nuance. And then when you get older, you realize that, you know, human beings are a lot more complicated. Yeah, than that. there's and, so many shades. And of, you can do you can do you can make mistakes without being a bad person. Yeah. I remember when my friends started smoking, for example. Yeah. When I was 14, 15 being really disappointed in them like really disappointed in them and then there's me at the age of 22 and i would smoke my flipping head off that's funny well kids are i mean that's the typical thing right up to like university students who are so earnest because yeah. when you're kids you know you love the right and wrong the regulations the rules and so you get all save the whaleish, and you know you're all you're you all think r- about being a vegetarian yeah you're, yeah that's right you're, you're all militant and um which is great because you know by the time you hit your 30s 40s 50s you're just you just want to nap you know you just don't have that pep so uh it's great that the kids care yeah i think so and i and i also wouldn't criticize them for it that's the whole no. point right of life yeah but i do wonder about people who get really set in their ways really early on yeah you that's weird time, right? yeah yeah like kind of right wing you know old young fuddy-duddies yeah mind you i probably was that Probably was that. Hello, Lewis. Hola. 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 Hola, que tal? Hey. Oh, shit. Let me show you things. Sorry. Um, are we still talking about cats and parasites? We can. We can yeah. talk about whatever you want. Yeah, parasites. Especially yeah. as Katie, and I... you just completely lit her fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard, well, the conversations were in a slightly different direction. Yeah. But, um, it ties in. I've got a black cat. Yes. Okay? And he had worms. Mm-hmm. Um... So I just wanted to ring in and talk about cats and parasites, but now it's gone like, you know. That's all right. You know no. you can always drag it back. That's the yeah. way the show goes. I'm excited to talk about your cat's worms. So what's involved? Did it change your cat's behavior? Oh, yeah, it did. It, it, it ate a lot more. Well, listen, I'm going to... I rescued... I was 18 when I... I'm 32 now. I rescued my cat when I was 18. He was on a council estate and his kids were trying to kill it. So I oh. ran in there, grabbed it. Little kid, little, little, little black cat. And I grabbed it and I've had it ever since. Oh. Like, I, I was homeless at the time, you know, in my late teens and kind mm. of things. So I was going through different shelters. I had this cat in my pocket. And, oh. you know, and I've still got him to this day. I got a flat in Nottingham. Everything's cool. Right, sweet. Great. Listen, no, but the conversation's gone a different way now. And I still... I was going to hang up, but my girlfriend is black, okay? Yeah. And my my daughter is mixed-raced, right? And when we go to family functions and everything, you know, 
her brothers, her, her cousins, everything, they could see me come in and say, oh, my, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the words, but when they come in, you know, they say, oh, my N-word, and all this to me, you know? Like, listen, people that get offended are people that are sheltered, enclosed people that need to experience life for what it is, isn't it? Yeah, but isn't it all about context, right? Because you wouldn't throw that word about just without thinking about who you were talking to, would you? Obviously. Yeah. That's all it is, is well, context. That's what it's about, surely. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I no, don't apologise. I'm just trying to sort of unpeel the, um, unpeel the onion a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, you're um, right, though. And, but also, how friends talk to each other is completely different. To... Different place. I think it's where you're from as well, because where I, I grew up in West London, right? Yeah. So it's a very diverse, multicultural place. Everybody's with everybody. Everybody's this is, well, this is a big melting pot, right? Yeah. So... You know, and it's just like this family's family at the end of the day. People need to stop all this division stuff and getting so focused on like, oh, you said this, you said that, mm-hmm. I feel offended, I feel offended kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know what it is. It's like we're stuck in the 70s, but it's 2018 kind of thing, you know? Like, I, uh, but yeah, cats and parasites, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best punchline. <laughs> Thanks very much, Lewis. And what's your cat's name? Ozzy. Osmosis Jones, his name is. Osmosis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his name's OJ, but that's not too popular with him. Or Josie, or Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. Osmosis Jones. That's a good one. And, oh my God, man, the word. I'm 33. I remember I went to Reading in 1992. I was seven years old. I saw Nirvana live, right? Wow. Um, I was with my mum and dad, but, you know, they were in on the scene and that kind of thing. I just remember sitting there and it was pissing down with rain and just playing with my Transformer toys. And my mum was like, Nirvana's on stage. And I'm like, no, the Transformers are getting wet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed that you had those toys and didn't break them. I could never, unpi- I could never un- uh, unfold those toys or fold them back in the right order. They won't fill me. Man, oh, those toys, man. Oh, my God. They were good, oh, right? Yeah. Anyway, guys, I just wanted to ring in to say about... Um, <laughs> Did we get Sorry. that one? Apologies, no. apologies if that slipped out, <laughs> but I think it was enthusiasm. Thanks very much, Lewis. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Cheers, bye-bye. <laughs> I, don't, I think we caught that one with the dump button, but in case it didn't, really, really sorry about that. Cats obviously. and parasites. Cats and parasites. Look at, look over here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be taking more of your calls uh, after the news. 03444991000. But we're going to be talking about cats Great. after the news with the, with the guys from Snarl. And um, also find out how you can help to try and catch the Camden cat killer. Well, by Croydon. Croydon. He's not in Camden now, is he? I think he might be. Oh, no. We'll soon find out. Here we go. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Coming up in the next few minutes, we're going to talk about the uh, Croydon cat killer. So if you are of a sensitive disposition, uh, uh, you may want to listen away for a bit. But I think it's really important that we talk about it and also find out what's being done to try and track this person down. Because this is absolutely crazy what's been going on. And it's not just happening in Croydon. So I want to um, address that in a second. But I just wanted to give you some warning, too, because it's horrible. Um, but also we're getting some um, text messages, sorry, text messages and some tweets through um, uh, talking about the conversation we had with Matt and the conversation we had. I think it was sparked by Alan Caddick wondering whether we could use the term black anymore, basically. And it got into a conversation about this, quote unquote, political correctness. Yeah, Andy Davenport says, called me old fashioned. Um, where is it? It's gone. Hang on. Oh, it's, I hate this um, screen because it, it 
disappears at halfway through and you talk about stuff. Call me old fashioned. I think it's called manners and they cost nothing. Hashtag PC. Uh, I think maybe Matt ought to try calling the other place. He'd fit in better. Oh, Roger. I think, you know, we were having a conversation with yeah. someone who is unsure. How much of it got through, I I'm not sure, but I'd rather have the conversation hmm. on this channel rather than the other place. I think it probably goes somewhere slightly more useful. Um, and also there was this that came through on the tweets. Thanks very much indeed for this. Um, and it was uh, from John Cullen who says, brilliant discussion on political correctness on the late-night alternative. Question for Katie Puckrick. Yes. Is the term WASP still used in America? I used to hear it yes. all the time. Not anymore. Last heard it on the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. It, uh, hmm. Well, it's not offensive. It stands for white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. And they were the top of the tree. Top of the tree. Um, it's what you want to be or you want to pretend you are if you're not. Uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yeah. It's sort of, uh, they faded from, from, uh, discussion, haven't they? But, uh, yeah, it's still used. But I remember that was why there was such kind of snobbishness about the Kennedys rising to power, wasn't it? Because they were Catholics and. Yeah, yeah. I they, mean, they were kind of passing for being waspy. Yes. I mean, there's all, in politics, it's such a, a dirty business anyway. And, you, you know, you'll use anything as a bludgeon to, to, to cudgel your enemy but um the idea behind you know oh well we can't have catholics running for office because they're secretly taking their orders from the vatican you know yeah. they're, they're serving two masters uh but uh yeah so waspiness is is still a thing i mean it that was it, it was as he said it was akin to uh the yuppie movement it was something that was discussed certainly in the 80s greed is good that whole era so, um, but when the preppies came to the fore in the mid seventies, um, I was going to say, what's the difference between that and preppy? Is it just the younger version? Uh, well, preppy just is a, a reference to the people who got to go to prep school, which mm -hmm. means that they had wealth, yeah. uh, usually inherited wealth, not nouveau riche, um, and they would be wasps. And then young, upwardly mobile, you're not necessarily uh, inherited wealth. You know, you're you you could be uh, making your own cash mm -hmm. and making your own way so that the yuppie movement that started in the 80s was more about aspiration and uh ambition and you didn't have to be a wasp and yeah. you weren't necessarily a preppy kind of the american dream anyone can do it just got to have the gumption yeah that's right the grit true grit wow um, if you want to give us a call, 0344 is the number. We'd love to hear from you. You can uh, tweet us at Talk Radio or you can text Talk and your message to 87222 and that will cost you 25p per message on top of your standard network rate. But um, as we said earlier on, we're going to talk about this story now. You may remember it. We've talked about it a little bit on the show before. Well, about, about twice, I think we've had um, the people on from Snarl, the South Norwood Animal Rescue Liberty, because there's been this really horrible spate of cat killings and I, I'm not a cat owner but this stuff is absolutely horrific and whether you're a cat owner or not the fact that someone can do this to a living creature is absolutely disgusting well, and disturbing. A, there's a stepping stone to what else are they going to do? It's serial killer well, precisely, stuff. And it's something that can't defend itself and also the way, the thought behind it is is truly truly chilling. Let's talk to Boudicca Rising first from Snarl. Hiya Boudicca. Hiya. Hi, Catherine. Hi. And I've got to say, you've got the best name I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's, it's an absolute belter. But this story is something that we keep coming back to just because it's so horrific. What's been going on, Boudicca? Because I know that you're the main organisation investigating this. 
Yeah, well, police are investigating, so they're, they're, they're the main organisation. But essentially, we, we stumbled across the case in September, October 2015. We started the investigation. Um, we linked up with the police in January 2016 and the RSPCA in March 2016. Um, and it, it's been a, a long haul, really. Um, unfortunately, the, the problem with serial killers is they're serial killers because they're successful. They know what they're doing. Uh, they act confidently, they act sometimes with high-risk behaviours but in low-risk arenas, which is what we've discovered, and they are bloody difficult to catch, mm-hmm. pardon my French. Um, so we, we continue the investigation. Um, we are following a number of active leads at the moment. It's absolutely manic. So apologies in advance to anyone who's emailed us with anything non-urgent because it's just getting shoved to one side while we, while we investigate what we do have in. Um, the remains an active and police, uh, police investigation under Operation Takahe, which operates out of Croydon. Um, and we're just ploughing on, basically. We, we're not giving up until this offender or offenders are caught. Do you think it's being taken seriously enough? I, I think, yes. I think the police in the UK are under-resourced. They're, they're hideously under-resourced. They're hideously um, without, the, without, without the, the things they need to investigate anything properly, I'll be honest. I think we've worked with police long enough to be horrified by some of the restrictions they work under in terms of equipment and in terms of manpower. Um, I think it is being taken seriously, but I think if we had a, a better equipped police force, it would be better. But yeah. that's no reflection on them. No, absolutely not. And, and But I also know that people feel that they can come to you and, and you're kind of the right-hand yeah, right hand men and women on this one. I guess, I guess yeah, we've become so. I, I, th- I think because we started the investigation and, and we, we, we linked up with police early on, we agreed what the, they would need in order for us to prove the case was happening. Um, and we, we've kind of maintained that relationship. Um, but I think it's, 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 uh, if you're an owner and if you've gone through this really horrific experience, even a finder who's find a body, I think we can at least support yeah. you in a way that's different to the police. Now, I think we and need I, to um, underline just the horrific nature of what people are finding. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I don't want to trigger anyone, so if you want to listen away now, I, I think we do need to say, though, because this isn't just about, I don't know, cats being drowned or anything like that. This is pretty horrific, the sort of thing, the sort of scenes that people are happening is. across, isn't it, Boudicca? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's essentially, it's not just cats, it's cats, rabbits and foxes. Um, and what's happening is that people are, are being presented either with their neighbour's animals or their own animals. It, the, the kind of traditional, if you like, um, presentation is without head and tail and laid out either in the front garden or in the back garden. So when you open your bedroom curtains in the morning, your cat is, or rabbit is the first thing you see God. without its head and tail. Um, the scenes are bloodless. And in most cases, it appears that he's taken the animal away and brought it back. And they're designed to shock and designed to horror. It's, yeah. it's very people. much a, a Jack the Ripper scenario where it's, it's quite fetishistic, it sounds like. Yeah, it's been, it's been designed for a reaction from the viewer, almost yeah. as much yeah. for the fun uh, of doing it, you know. That's the troubling thing. Most, most serial killers don't display bodies. We've only had two in this country. One was Jack the Ripper and the other one was the Yorkshire Ripper. Most serial killers hide bodies. Um, the the display of the bodies is a worrying aspect. Yes. How sure are you that we're talking about one person, or do you think we're not? Um, what we what we do say is all the evidence we've gathered so far indicates one person who's travelling. Um, but we can't rule out the fact that they might be joint enterprise. We can't rule out the fact that there's a group. There's just no evidence to suggest that at present. God, how do you? Um deal with all these cases without getting really pessimistic about human beings, Boudicca? 
Oh, I am. I'm incredibly pessimistic about human beings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's uh, there's an emotional toll, uh, and it, it plays a part. I think because we're animal lovers ourselves, we would understand how it would feel to to be a victim, which is both a strength and a weakness. There's a weakness in terms of how we deal with things personally, um, but it's a strength in terms of how we deal with the owners and how seriously we take the case. How often are these things happening, and do you think there's any chance of it slowing down? Um, there's been no sign of it slowing down, despite various things we've tried. Um, we've tried not publicising, we've tried having absolute kind of radio silence, because often people get, oh, you're feeling it, because yeah. you're publicising. Um, we've proven that by having three actual times of radio blackout and there is no difference in 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 the volume um we have confirmed cases of between three and five a week but we also have cases oh goodness me that was a little motorbike we also have cases where we can't confirm for sure but we think that that, that, that it's a case so we're quite scientific about what we rule in and what we rule out we don't just come along to hit this cat and go yeah that's that's linked we've got a 26 point checklist that we use if something doesn't hit enough points in that checklist, we don't rule it in. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, I would much rather say to another that we think something's natural um, because of the emotional burden with understanding someone's done that deliberately. Um, so we'd never want to make that error um, and say we think it's deliberate when it isn't. Um, and secondly, because we're geoprofiling, we don't want to make any mistakes. So we, we're, we're quite structured about what, how we do it, if that makes sense. How, how many are we getting a month at this point? Uh, well, four or five a week, um, so what's that, 20 months? Wow! Oh, I had no idea. That's just horrific. Yeah, oh. yeah it's, um, we also deal with a high number of um, false alarms as well. My God. Mm. My God. I mean, knowing cat. I mean, I, I'm not an animal, quote-unquote animal lover. I do like animals, but I'm not an owner myself, but that is horrific. Those poor people and the yeah. poor animals as well, flipping it. So... Yeah. Obviously, you're trying to keep on top of this, but you're a charity, right? We're not a charity, no. We, we, we used to be a self-funding rescue. So before all this kicked off, we, um, we just funded the rescue work we did ourselves because Tony worked and, and I worked and we didn't need to go public funds. Um, we funded self-funded for a couple of months, but essentially because Tony's out on call and he can get three or four calls a day and be all over the, all over the southeast, he can't work. So we need to raise money to, to cover the car, there's fuel, which is diesel. I keep saying petrol, but it's not, it's diesel. Um, and it's very, very basic living costs um, that if we were a charity, he'd be paid a salary, but because we're not a charity, blah, blah. Um, we are looking, we've, we've been debating about whether we want to go forward for charity status, but we have an issue with the fact that one of our addresses would have to go in the public domain. Ah. And very early on, the police advised us not to do that because obviously we have two houses full of animals. Yeah. So there's a, a major risk factor there. And also, um, frankly, there's a nut job out there doing terrible things to animals and you've become the um, champions of trying to find them. Exactly. So, so any detail, any personal details are, 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 shouldn't be in the public domain. Yeah. Um, and because essentially we could become targets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I get you. So you're in a bit of a conundrum financially. We are. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, my salary pays for Tony's toes, um, and you know his, his food and bits and pieces like that. Pays for the animals in my care. Pays for my costs. But I can't. I can't earn enough to cover him travelling around the country 12 hours a day with all of that entails. Um, and, and the other cost, the investigations, we also have, like, bed costs for x-rays. So, for instance, most of, most of the bodies that we 
um, we go to that we can see them as victims, we get additional vet backup for. So we don't just go, oh, yeah, that's a victim. Um, we, we actually take to vet. Sometimes we want x-rays done, we want blood tests done, and all of that cost needs to be covered as well. God, why do you do this? Because you're putting yourselves out, I mean, personally and financially here. Because somebody has to. Because because this guy needs to be called, and, and we, we have to catch him. Him, her, them. Um, somebody has to. We, we have to do it. Um, it's, it's that simple. I, I couldn't let, know, knowing that well, very early on, we thought it was a very local issue, so it was only happening in our area, and we could, because we home cats in the area, we couldn't stand by and let it happen and just go, oh, well, you know, that's a bit, that's a bit awful. We just, neither of us are made that way. We can't, we can't just sit by and, and let this happen. Okay, so I happen Someone to know that, that someone stepped in to, to try and help you out. Um, we've got Rob Todd on he the line. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Let's have a quick word with Rob. Thanks, Boudica. So, Rob. Hi. You're a musician. How yeah. on earth are you wrapped up in all this? Well, I, I, I sort of saw um, some of Boudica and Tony's uh, posts on the Snarl site uh, a while ago, and I've been watching, and uh, I attended uh, a fundraiser Pets Woodstock, which is a local music festival recently, and uh, it was supporting Snarl, and uh, ended up talking to them both. And as Boudicca has said, um, you know, uh, they need some extra funding, so what have I got at my disposal? Um, just my music, and we, the band were just about to release uh, uh, a new single, and I thought, well, let's see if I can help. So your band is called Don't Wake the Lion? That's right. Um, how much of the money from the proceeds from this song are going to go to Snarl? Well, forty-nine percent, which um, allows us to keep the rights to the to the song. Okay. Um, if if I could have given seventy percent, I would have done. But um, uh, that's the way the music business <laughs> seems to work these these days. We're going to play a bit of the song in a second. How can people get hold of it? Uh, at the moment, it's, it's digital, so it's through iTunes, Amazon, uh, Spotify, um, that Alexa thing. <laughs> uh, every time it plays, I think it uh, it gets a penny. But uh, it's uh, yes, it's on it's on um, on digital at the moment. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Rob, um, for stepping in, and thanks for talking to us tonight. I really appreciate you talking. Thanks. Thanks. Thank very you. Much. I'm going to just flick back to Boudica now. Boudica. The work you're oh, doing yeah. is amazing. It must be exhausting. It is. <laughs> I, I bet you're glad that Rob stepped in a little bit to try and uh, to help out. It's it's an absolutely amazingly generous offer. Um, we're ever so pleased. Um, it's also an absolutely lovely song and worth buying just on its own merits. <laughs> to be honest, if people want to <laughs> find out, yeah, of course. Now, if, <laughs> if people want to find out more about you, how do they do that? Right. Uh, the, the best way to do it is via our Facebook page. That's the page that's updated most often. Okay. Um, so that's South Norwood Animal Rescue and Liberty on Facebook. Um, I'm happy for people to message me directly as well under my Boudicca Rising personal account, but it's best if everything goes through to the Snarl page because we can then manage it and monitor it. Um, and then obviously both our telephone numbers are in the public domain, so if anybody does find an animal um, they believe to be dismembered or mutilated, to give us a call on 07961 or 07957830490. Thanks, Boudicca. We also have a web page, ah. which is www.snarl.org.uk. We've got all those details, so we will ma- I'll make sure I give out at least the snarl.org.uk a couple more times in this hour. But thanks so much for talking to Thank us. You. I wish we didn't have thanks to talk very to you. Thanks having us. Uh, I wish we didn't have to talk to you on this occasion, but c- because the work you do is so brilliant otherwise. And 
This is the third time I think we've spoken to someone from Snow. Yeah, it is, I think, yeah. yeah. Such a shocking thing. Fingers but... crossed, we, we, we only need to speak one more time and that's when they're called. Oh, yes, that would be what? great. I hope so, I hope so. Good to speak to you, Boudicca. Thank you so much. No problem, take care. Good night. Uh, good night now. Good night. And this is the song, it's called The Last Time My Heart Was Alive by Don't Wake the Lion. Close my eyes I still see you And if I close my eyes I still feel you And if I close my eyes I'm still with you But when I open my eyes You are gone If I close my eyes, I still see you in dreams. And if I close my eyes, I still kiss you, it seems. And if I close my eyes, I see your smile, it gleams. And when I open my eyes, you are gone. Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. So snarl.org.uk is the website if you want to um, find out what's been going on and what Boudicca and Tony are having to deal with as a, you know, a two-man band and they're doing amazing work. South Norwood Animal Rescue Liberty they work for. Um, also, if you wanted to find out more about that music and you wanted to support them that way, uh, it's Don't Wake the Lion with the last time... Well, hang on, let me just check, double-check. The last time my heart... Heart was alive last time, but if you like, look it up, you'll be able to find it. Um, so if you want to give us a shout, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand, or you can um, text or tweet us. If you want to text, talk, and your message to eight seven two two two, that'll cost you twenty five p per message on top of your standard network rate. Or you can tweet at Talk Radio, and it won't cost you anything at all. Had this through from Spencer and Jude Clark, um, saying that having had a confirmed case in Bedford. All I can say is that we had mixed support from the police. Snarl, though, were unwavering in their support. Um, Snarl have been tweeting all the way through this as well, so thanks very much for that. As Boudicca says, we're currently seeing about four to five cases a week, which we believe are linked to the UK cat killer. And also, um, I know a lot of you have been really... I know you've really been um, moved by it, and a lot of people are expressing this kind of disbelief, like Roger... I cannot get my head around how someone can hurt or kill cats. It must take being a special kind of scumbag. 
Well, I don't think anyone could disagree with that, Katie. No, no. You know, what's freaky is uh, last year I hosted a talk over at the British Film Institute with the director of Kedi, which is a documentary set in Istanbul following the feral cats. It's a, a, a great documentary. You can actually catch it on YouTube. Right. And uh, the director of Seda Torin uh, was speaking very eloquently about, um, you know, basically the following the cats was a way to get into the hearts of the people who lived in Istanbul because you could see through their relationship with the cats what their relationship was with the city and with each other. It was a very uh, innovative way to get to know the uh, different part of the world. Um, and after we had this talk, I, I threw the questions open to the audience and Everybody was really interested and wanted to talk about every aspect of filming it and the soundtrack and the cats themselves. And there was this one creepy guy at the end of the Q&A who raised his hand and his comment was, had the director heard about the Croydon cat killer? I mean, talk about a bummer. It was really pointed and weird. Like after everybody was in this very cuddly, celebratory mood. Uplifted by the film. Up, right? Uplifted by the film, feeling the sense of community, learning about a different place in the world. And he brings up just so strangely and in a sinister fashion, have you heard about the Croydon cat killer? Well, she hadn't. She lives in, in Los Angeles. And so she asked him. And then he said, with a certain amount of relish, what had been happening and cats had been, you know, being killed en masse. And my immediately immediate thought is, is he the Corden cat killer? You know, is he specifically coming to an event like this? To draw attention to it. To draw attention to it and to kind of get off on it. Because if you're really a cat lover, you're not going to be going, oh, I can't wait for my chance to harsh everybody's buzz. No, exactly. So while we're talking about cats uh, in a nice way, yeah. here's something horrible. It was so weird. And I just really remember respecting Seda Torin, the director, for just, she deftly handled it. She just sort of... um Sort of a d broadened out the qu or the the point to well you know human beings unlike cats can be very savage and and malicious uh, in a, you know in a in a very uh, pointed way in a, in a perverted way um, and of course that potentially included that guy not wanting to to accuse without he, any further evidence got a vibe yeah but there was a vibe weird but that response from her is like classic good documentary maker because that's it's all about reading people and being yes. able to yeah she diffused it yeah she wow. did because she had the thing was she had a, a tough task because she had to sort of just take the ammo away from him but also relax the audience mm -hmm. who everybody just kind of got their hackles up this is strange what well, you know this is there's a stranger in our midst so she she diffused the situation people though huh people yeah. can be very very I mean, that's part of what makes them interesting, but it's also part of what makes, you know, life sometimes a well, little bit. It's a classic case of trolling. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's like trolling in person. Well, don't they call it throwing the dead cat in, you know? So if, you, if mm -hmm. you're having a conversation, for example, on Twitter, which is where it happens the most, right? So you're talking about how unfair or horrific or horrible something is. And then someone will come in from outside and give you something even worse to contemplate, something completely different. They call it throwing a dead cat on the table. Oh, I thought that was just like what a battery. You know, what about the starving children in Ethiopia? Well, that too. yeah, that's terrible, but we're talking about this other thing. Yeah, terrible things can happen in different places to different people. doesn't make anything w less bad for those people who are affected. You know, mm. it's that whole thing. Good old Twitter. I'm trying to kind of distance myself from Twitter again now. Are you? Yeah. Have you had some bad experiences? A bit, but I think that it's down to me and my reactions right mm. so we we're talking about yesterday weren't we about yeah. how sometimes when 
especially at three o'clock in the morning, right? When I get home from work, <laughs> the worst thing I can do. Yes. When you're vulnerable and, and tired, you're tired and emotional. Right? Yeah. Is to go on there. And all it takes is like, for the most part, it's just a lovely, warm environment because generally this show attracts really cool, nice people Thank who goodness. get the whole community thing, right? Yeah. But then there'll be one who either willfully or just because they're awkward or maybe because they're ill, yeah. doesn't and and has to th- throw throw the dead cat in there mm. for example um and it's that thing that stands out but that's three o'clock in the morning syndrome isn't it yeah and i've just got to resist doing that yeah the mute and the block are your friends what, what was your expression if you can't keep it cute block and mute, block and mute. i think it. that's the way forward yeah i think it's got to be the way forward and i also am thinking that maybe i start charging my phone down in the kitchen so it's not next to my bed oh good idea but let's see if I can manage that. I mean, God, how ridiculous that that's something I have to think about. Of course I've got to manage that. Hey, Simon. Hello, good evening. Hello, hello. Hey, what's going on with you tonight? Oh, well, not a lot, really. I just had a, um, uh, uh, an issue, not an issue. I just had something happen in my uh, taxi, which has got me thinking a bit. Right? Go, on. Go on. Where do you ladies stand on over-familiarity? Of what, of what sort? So, right, classic example, okay? Man and a woman get in the taxi, and you ask them, you know, you had a nice evening? Yes. Is it a special occasion? Yes. And then, and then you'll get, yes, it's Barry's birthday today. Okay, who's Barry then? And obviously the woman is referring to her husband, who's in the car with her. And this has happened to me so many times, and it's like, I don't know you, I don't know the person, I don't know your names, so refer to each other as my wife, my partner, my friend, whatever. I don't need to know your names, uh-huh. and it just irritates me. Yes, it's me. It's um, it, it's Marion's um birthday today. Oh right, okay. Well, who's Marion? You know what I mean? It's, right. I, I don't, know. I don't I follow you. No. What, it's, it, it seems to me like that's just fine. Like you don't need to know the relationship, do you? You can just go. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. No, no, the point, point being, so maybe I'm not explaining it very well, I don't know, but the, so the point is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like me speaking to you now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we've spoken before, but we don't actually know each other, right? Yeah. So if I'm talking to you now and I say, oh, and by the way, John said, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You don't know who John is. No, but it would be just like a conversation with my mother, to be honest. She, <laughs> she's often telling me about people I've never met before, and I learn to nod and smile about it, because sometimes it's just about being pol- polite and pleasant, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm never rude. No. I just, um, no. I just find it one of the, the irritants of, of first-world problems, I, I think it is. It's just, you know, I wouldn't personally get well, speak to any strangers, but refer to anybody I was with by their name it would be if it was a friend it would be oh yeah it's my mate's birthday yeah or if it was a partner I don't have a partner but if I did have a partner you know I would never refer to them by name it would be oh yes I've thought I'd take the missus out for a drink right that's giving me enough information that I know I now know what you're doing you've answered my question we're having the chat yeah but without without coming down to the brass tacks of See, when, and everything else. when you said over familiarity, I thought you meant, you know, sat in the front seat and put their, you know, t- touched your leg or, you know, oh, over familiar. dream of that. <laughs> but here's, here's what I would say to you as someone who doesn't really go in cabs very much, but when I do, um, yeah. there is a feeling of being quite vulnerable sitting in a stranger's car. And so anything that kind of breaks the tension is 
probably what I would like. And so if you say, oh, have you had a good night? It, it might be that um, I tell you if I've had a good night or not, because otherwise it's kind of, yeah, thanks very much. I don't really like treating people like servants. And also yeah. I, I feel quite vulnerable in the back of a, a stranger's car, especially a strange man. But if you, yeah, but are you referring, let's say you were in the car with your, your husband. Yeah. All right. Would that still then apply? If, if your husband was to say, was to respond to the cabbie and say, oh yeah, it's Catherine's birthday tonight. Yeah. Wouldn't that, would that make, would you feel uncomfortable about I'd that? I'd feel because, weirder if he called me his missus when I'm yeah. sitting right next to him. Yeah, I would feel like that was a very proprietorial yeah. statement. Yeah. And it's more yeah. human to go, you know, Bob and Nancy. Or her. I heard it's her birthday or it's my, you know. I, I don't know. It feels yeah, a bit Yeah. It feels a bit I, like you're I, not I, there if they refer to you by your yeah. title like that. Maybe, maybe I'm the one that's got it. I don't know. But I don't, I don't know. It's just one of these, I mean, we're, we're probably speaking from the, the inner Ausperger's part of me. <laughs> but um, I just find it a little bit... I don't know. It's like I don't want to be involved with your world to that extent. I'm yeah. I'm extending courtesies and pleasantries to you, and hopefully you would feel relaxed and comfortable because you've now established that I'm a nice guy and I'm and I'm here to assist you more than anything. Yeah. But to take it to that level, oh, I God. just don't. I'm not comfortable. If with you it. pick my mum up, you would know what kind of night she'd had, <laughs> how Barbara across the road was doing these days, also how my cousin was getting along with her wedding preparations and how much they were looking forward to it, what she was planning to wear for it, the fact that she'd found the hat first and she was doing it unusually. I mean, my mum is just the sort of person who she's kind of it, it, it's a little bit nervousness, but it's also the fact that. She likes chatting to people, and she would want to make mm. you feel more relaxed, and she'd think that because that's how she feels more relaxed, and maybe it would help you. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I just thought, I'll tell you what, I will phone up my two favourite ladies. And I'll <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate and, um, it, but it's, it's an I interesting one. Oh, you do? It is, it is, it is interesting. Um, yeah, I have a cat. And uh, if anybody touches my cat, I think I would go bananas. But oh, uh, yes. I just can't. I just, I mean, it, it, as I'm getting older, I'm getting more and more cynical. And I'm, I'm really genuinely starting to think that this is not a nice place to be. And um, when you hear about people doing things like that, yeah, well, it's it just, it, it, it's dumbfounding it really is yeah dumbfounding is a good word for it i mean it's one of those things where you despair for humanity but then the next day you know the best person in the world crosses your path and does something kind and here's the thing maybe this is where you reach for the kind of is it mr rogers i can't remember who said you've got to look for the helpers look at tony and Boudicca and the fact that they're doing this out of their own pockets and they're not the only ones there are loads of people trying to work alongside them to to put a stop to this and it's hopefully a minority it's got to be a minority of people and and clearly it's something that most of society thinks is odd and wrong behavior so i wouldn't yeah. be frightened i would look at people like tony and Boudicca and say do you know what there is still something worth ha- hanging on to in this i wish i could help i really do but you know i see it's, it's always the way though isn't it? you always hear about the the minorities and um yeah because it's the fact that it's shocking and that's that's a good thing yeah. actually the fact that we're shocked yeah. by it but it just makes you... I mean, I, I would have trouble killing, you know, a spider or a wasp because I automatically empathise with that, that creature's... how that creature would feel. How would I feel if somebody trod on me? Do you know what I mean? Mm. I just... 
you know, have I got the right to actually do that to another life? And maybe that's taking it to extremes. That's how the way, that's the way I feel. But it's like, what gives anybody the right to inflict pain or misery on somebody else? Yeah. But yeah, so many people seem to seem to want to do it. But you know, I, I am the nicest person in the world, and I will <laughs> engage. I will engage with you. But please, just don't tell me your name. <laughs> Everybody has their limits. That's your red line. Do not cross that red line. How dare you? Is your real name Simon, or have you been given as a a nom de plume all the way through this? It it is. It is. Simon NF. All right. Listen, it's nice to speak to you, Simon. You take care of yourself. Bye, bye, bye. It's funny what gets on people's nerves. I know. I know. It's one of those things as well. I think once he's noticed it, yeah. then it just sticks in his craw because it seems completely innocuous and lovely and, you know. And I get why they would do it. Yeah. I totally get why they would yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like one of those things. It's like, oh, they're doing it again and... Rawr. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always a weird thing, a weird thing, sitting in the back of some stranger's car and you can feel the silence hanging between you and you yeah. think, do I say something? I'll wait till they talk to me. And then well, it's judging how many responses you give and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, it's a total negotiation with nothing in yeah. a way. I, I'm sort of the opposite. I prefer not to talk. And then I, you know, taxi drivers will be really chatty because, you know, they're stuck in their cab all yeah. day long. And they want to talk. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll, it d- just depends. Like sometimes I have to do some reading or some homework or something in the car. And I, I just, I'll have to say, I, I can't talk right now. I have to focus on something. But, um, then other times I find myself begrudgingly and reluctantly drawn into a conversation that I end up enjoying. Yeah. So I tend to wait for them to initiate, to be honest. Hmm. I'll be pleasant and everything. Thanks very much. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be quiet and then see what happens. And if hmm. they talk, I'll, I'll talk back. I try not to give too many personal details because, again, it's a bloke you don't know. Yeah. And I always do feel quite vulnerable in the back of taxis. I don't know if I feel... Well, yeah, I don't know. If I'm on my own. Yeah. Depends on... The time of day. I don't know if I feel vulnerable. Maybe I should be. Now you're making me question my my sense of security. But it is funny how, yeah, sometimes I, I'll get the cab driver's whole life story. But I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm not prying. The worst one is when they say something that's a little bit offensive. And you go, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm not going to school you now, but oh, I've been I, judging you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You get into that. You realize, oh, we're not the same kind of people here. And then, keep it cute. Yeah. Keep it cute. I'm going to keep it mute. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. If you want to give us a ring, you can call us about anything. Things that have been bugging you during the course of the day. Things that have delighted. Do you know what? We could what? do with some nice things. Could yeah. Um, that have happened because it's got quite dark recently. It's a little dark. And all I have to talk about are parasites. Oh, so. I've got. Right. Here's the stories I've got. And you can. I, I'll let you decide. OK. The mean CV. Sexist school, and that's sexist, not sexy. Alzheimer's dreams, infidelity man, spunky ghost, sex robots, the phantom fiancé, pubic grooming, cruise woman. We've talked about pubic grooming before. Oh, it's up again. All right. Virgin Mary statue rescue. (laughs) Or Zyra Let's Play. That's a lot. Yeah. I wanted, well, Spunky Ghost gets Spunky my vote, <laughs> but also Sexist School, because I saw, we talked, we had a little pre-talk on that. And yeah. There's kind of, that's kind of more interesting than you would assume. Yeah. Okay. Well, d- well tell you what, we'll do the Spunky Ghost first, right? And okay. see how much we it get. It sounds like a dance. Do the Spunky Ghost. <laughs> it's hideous. It's, it's spunky in the English sense rather than the American oh. kind of peppy, 
exciting thing. Let me uh, just find it. Oh, ejaculate. Oh. Yeah, horrible. We've had a lot of sexy ghost stories I'm not recently, haven't ejaculate. we? <laughs> what have we? Oh, we liked it. Well, Paul Ross came in last night and he said he was going to be talking about the occult. He uh, did, yeah. yeah. And uh, there was a woman on uh, Good Morning Britain on Monday who reckoned that she was having a relationship with a ghost and that they'd had mile high sex. There was. <sighs> Yeah, no, I'm not even That's joking. called having a good imagination. <laughs> and then there was one, I think um, Ian spoke to someone last week who reckoned she was um, in love with a pirate ghost. I'm trying to find the spunky ghost. Where is it? Where the hell is it? Uh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Oh, I'm going to look on. If oh, you're still let's Google it. If, uh, if I Google spunky ghost, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, oh, n- not safe for work. An alarm will go off somewhere in news call. What, what is the first thing that comes up? Just describe as if you're an abused child let's just you know if i get a doll what are you seeing what parts six buffy the vampire slayer spin-offs that you'll never get to see oh, i was just talking about the spunky slayer american version. yeah the american version because oh, you guys have your mind in the gutter shall i just kill some time by talking yeah, about parasites yeah so um i have a, a side interest in parasites i just think they're fascinating i love how they uh, a lot of times the they will basically rewire the host's brain and um oh but in this case there's no uh viral rewiring uh, rewiring going on it's a fish that preys a tiny fish that preys on a bigger fish by swimming into the bigger fish's mouth attaching itself to its tongue, eating the tongue, and becoming the tongue. I've seen the pictures. It's horrific. Yes. It's horrific. So the aim is what? That it become it, it eats the food before the fish gets yeah, it? Yeah, so smart. So, yeah, eats the tongue, becomes the tongue, and then is just first in line for mealtime. What do I Google to see that? Uh, fish, parasite fish par- tongue. Yeah, yeah, parasite fish tongue. All right, everyone Google that now, and we can look at it in... Hang on. Hang on. Fish, parasite tongue fish. I've got... Let's look at the image in three, two, one. Oh, my. It is like alien times. It's crouching in the fish's mouth. Oh, it says because it, all the photographs just show this big fish maw opened up. And this thing looks then, like it's a louse, isn't it? So it looks like imagine a, a big knit. Oh, yeah. A big. Yeah, it's a giant. But it's it's so big. It looks like a crustacean of some kind. Yes. My God, you'd know if you had that. I bet he's got a sore throat. Yes, sore throat. Like, I'm having a hard... I can't really talk. Yeah. (laughs) He's having a hard time communicating with his fishy friends. (laughs) Disgusting. So did you find Spunky Ghost Yeah, of course I did. Okay. We've all been spooked by mysterious noise. Can I have some spooky music? Can you find me some, please, Sam? Because I feel like this needs the full... The full whack. In fact, you know what? We'll do it after the break. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give us a ring, but in about three minutes, I'm going to tell you a sexy ghost story. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. We've all been spooked by a mysterious noise in the middle of the night or noticed a dark shape move out of the corner of our eye. When something a little out of the ordinary happens in our home, it's easy to joke that the place is haunted, though not many of us actually think this is the case. But one mum has shared the odd goings-on in her house and suggested the answer to all her problems. Is definitely... That there is a spunking ghost around. 
and people are totally on board with her theory. This is from the mirror, so it must be true. It is true. It's in the newspaper. And it's also from a post on Mumsnet, so double true. And do not mess with those guys. They are even more scary than the the ghost. Terrifying. In a post on Mumsnet, a woman going by the name Chip Shop Ninja (laughs) explained her reasoning for thinking her house was haunted. She wrote, Of all the problems to have... Last night, my partner woke up around 1am because he heard our bedroom door open. It's squeaky. Needs some WD-40, but that's by the by. He didn't get up, expecting our son to tap him on the shoulder, announcing that he'd had a bad dream, but nothing. He then heard the bedroom door close. Her partner then decided to go and investigate what their son was doing. (laughs) Just outside our bedroom door, he stepped in a large wet patch. He checked on our son, but he was fast asleep, all tucked under his duvet, she continued. He then went downstairs to check the dog, which was fast asleep in the living room. So, slightly bemused, he came back to bed. In the morning, he relayed the strange incident to his partner, who suggested it must have been caused by... (coughs) Sorry, it's a very emotional story. Who suggested it must have been caused by a spunking ghost. (laughs) But just in case it wasn't a ghost, I mean, as if, but you've got to think about that, haven't you? The mum decided to ask the internet for their ideas about what might have caused the mess. And she clarified that her dog definitely couldn't have caused it and there was nothing leaking from anywhere. One person said, maybe your son was sleepwalking and decided to pee outside your bedroom door. Although a spunking ghost is definitely the most rational explanation. (laughs) Another commented... Cynical me is wondering whether your partner didn't have a little accident or maybe spill a drink himself, and this is a cover story. Failing that, spunking ghost, definitely. (laughs) A third added, I don't believe in ghosts. Oh, no, I can't. What time is it? I can't, don't believe in ghosts. A jizzing on the landing ghost is something I've never heard anyone claim. My money is on the partner. What do you think? 0344 499 1000. Is this a phenomenon that you've had to deal with? <laughs> okay, A, this fluid, this yeah. matter, do I we, mean, what, what is the nature of it? Do we puddle, really? I mean, yeah, come on, how excited was this dog, son, or husband, or indeed ghost? How aroused I mean, ghost, was who this knows? I, I've never... A ghost orgy. But no, are we saying it's definitely some sort of splooge, or is it, or, you know, is it just somebody spilled their sippy cup? Yeah. And that is not a euphemism. I think that there there is more than a little bit of tongue-in-cheek involved here. I say, keep it clean, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> whose cheek and whose tongue? But this is the great thing I imagine about Mumsnet. I never went on there, and they do seem quite terrifying if you cross them. But there are some women on there who are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And they are at home with children, and they desperately need to have a laugh with another grown-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Mumsnet. But yeah, if you've been haunted by a... a an overexcited ghost then you know you need to call us oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand my god I mean, but what is going on with the ghost world at the moment as i said right so last week we had the sexy pirate ghost we had the woman talking to eamon and ruth on um what was it this morning or yeah it would have been this morning wouldn't it about um having it off in the airplane toilet with a ghost i don't know why the ghost would need to go somewhere private frankly well, she, was thinking had, of her. she had to go somewhere private. But what's going on with ghosts? And why aren't they getting any from the other ghosts? Uh, 
I don't think ghosts are very viscous and they don't, they're not very lubricated. So they have to come back to the, the 3D world of the living. They have, that's where they have to, they probably, maybe it's food. Maybe our, our love juice is food (laughs) to, to our beloved in the afterlife. Our, our beloved, our pirate lovers. Our phantom pirate lovers. I, I, I mean, uh, okay. People. You know, some people have such a rich life, and I aspire to that. I I love the sense of wonder the involved sense in of all wonder. of this. There's yeah. a sense of uncanny. They're embracing. They're embracing all that life has to offer and the afterlife. Here's another one, right? And this, I'm not sure how this ends. And it could. This is, but this is another paranormal story. I'm hoping it's not going to end horribly, but it might. Okay, because I've not fully read it. I just thought the headline looked interesting. Okay. Phantom Menace. Jilted fiance posed as ex's dead mum's ghost in a bid to win her back through the psychic's letters. Now this music could be extremely inappropriate. So, no, it's all right. Well, let's carry on until it becomes inappropriate. <laughs> He's really fast on the trigger finger, so it's so fine. Good. So if it's inappropriate, he's been working on this show for a really long time. He's he can great. dump like can, no one. He can dump with the best of them. <laughs> Roy, hang on. Let me just check. Let me just check. So, so let me just check the bottom of this story, just in case it's a. Uh... Because I need to rehash that premise again. It was like someone needs to win someone back by pretending to be their dead dead mom's ghost. Here we go. Let me just read the bottom. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Right. So, so he's winning back. He's young, and his girlfriend is young, and he's win- and he's pretending to be the he's dead. Not, he's not young. Oh, he's not young. He's fifty-one. A jilted fiancé posed as his ex's dead mom's ghost in a bid to win her back with a psychic message from beyond the grave. We're getting into the hopeful part of Tubular Bells here. It's very (laughs) stirring. Roy Meadwell, 51, sent an anonymous note begging Kay Wimbry to take him back along with a leaflet from a tarot shop. I mean, it's it's inventive. I think I saw this in a movie recently. This is is a good plot, yeah. He even included messages making it clear it was from her mum, such as a reference to a fibre-optic Christmas decoration which he left to Kay. Devious Meadwell also told Kay that she'd made a terrible mistake rejecting him after he was banned from contacting her when he attacked her. Or, hang on a minute, this is taking a dark turn. Okay. Stop the music. Well, no, I think the music is appropriate. (laughs) The warehouse worker didn't include his name, but made reference to the man who sacrificed everything for you, the man who loves you, the man who wanted you to be his wife. What did he sacrifice? His fist as he crunched it into her head? He's now escaped jail after being found guilty. Oh, okay. On four counts of breaking a restraining order at Exeter Crown Court. Flipping heck. Oh, goodness. Jurors heard how Kay received the letter on July the 11th, 2017, ten days after Meadwell broke the restraining order by entering Cornwall to visit the tarot shop. I mean... She then was given another letter, apparently from a well-wisher, a Facebook post and an email pleading with her to take Meadwell back. God. I like how, you know, he is very inventive. So it isn't just all about, um, you know, punching her. No, he's, he, he's, he's, he's devious and he's thinking, right, right what, what, what's going to. Yeah, what's going to, what's going to. Um, grab her attention. Right. But Kay realized it was her ex posting as her dead mother because of the bizarre references only he would know. So he's hardly Lex Luthor. <laughs> when cops visited the Willow Moon psychic shop, they confirmed Meadwell came in for a tarot reading. Wow. He was banned from contacting Kay in December 2016. Wow. Uh, after putting his hands around her neck when the relationship broke down. Oh, he was just giving her a cuddle. <sighs> he was made subject of community order and was sent on a domestic violence course after being convicted of another incident involving a different partner in March 2017. My oh, God, he so. sounds like a right piece of work. 
Meadwell tried telling jurors the messages had been sent by a well-wisher who was trying to play Cupid, but they saw through his lies. He was jailed for four months, suspended for two years, and is now... I mean, this is a joke. And is now undertaking a Building Better Relationships course. I don't know if these courses are... If he's really doing his homework. I'm not... I'm not seeing that he's paying attention in class. Sentencing, recorder Mr. Martin Meek QC said, when the complainant gave evidence, I saw for, for myself her distress and the effect your conduct has had upon her. You clearly have difficulty when relationships break down in coping with that breakdown. Your sentence is suspended for two years and it's designed for you to have the sword of Damocles hanging over for you for as long as I can. The restraining order is still in force and if you contact Kay Wimbry again, you will go straight inside. Meadwell of Yeovil, Somerset, was acquitted of sending a Facebook message through a fake account. My God. It, it makes you long for the days of ghost splooging. <laughs> when ghosts were ghosts. When ghosts were ghosts and not this sort of, you know, devious Machiavellian Nasty stunt. piece of work, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but of course, if that was, if that was my ex-partner... I mean, the ghost stuff aside, which has kind of been put in, across in this article, like, oh, ha ha, this is this is all rather jolly. Yeah, he's a nasty, nasty man who's done it before. A course entitled "Building Better Relationships." I don't think it's going to cut it. Do you? Yeah, but they. But gotta, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? You got to. I don't know. Maybe something. Uh, sometimes when people are so far gone, they just learn the moves, like they they learn the language, and then learn they to kind pass of, for a normal. Yeah, yeah. It's they affect that they care yeah. when they don't. Do you think that um, someone can change when they've had that kind of exhibited that kind of behaviour more than once? Oh, I don't know. It's a big question, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I've been on the receiving end, unfortunately, of an abusive partner. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, hard. it's hard to know. Would you have wanted to know before you got into the relationship or...? Uh, in a way, it, w it was really my first big love, and I don't know if it would have made a difference mm -hmm. because I was so besotted. Um, and the problem is also when you're young, uh, you buy into all of the manipulation. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I guess it was my fault that you did X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. you know, sh you know sh shove me up against the wall or bang my head against the... You know, it's because he cares so strongly. Yeah. Oh God, it's well, just it's horrible. That, it? You know, there's that famous song written by Goffin and King in the '60s. He hit me, and it felt like a kiss. <gasps> that the really yeah, that the Crystals sang. It's a really spooky song. It's a girl, you know, it's '60s girl group doing this this very kind of dirge-like song, oh and along the lines of "I knew he really cared." Um, my word. Yeah, but mm. no, this this lady, she wasn't she wasn't buying the the message from beyond no and well done for her for calling him out yeah. and, and seeing it through as well because yeah. i don't blame anyone for not wanting to take that sort of stuff to court it must be it must be extremely you know frightening to do that well, but well done her yeah you know there's going to be threats yeah and there would have been threats God. for sure wow uh oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand we've got an hour more nigel is uh, coming up with the other side of the news but i'd love to speak to you too if you want to give us a ring oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand you can tweet talk radio or you can text talk and your message to eight seven two 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 you're listening to the late night alternative the late night alternative with Catherine boyle on talk radio oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand i'm here katie pockrick's here and we'll be for the rest of the week while um, Ian's away. Nigel's given us a ring. Hi, Nigel. Hi, Nigel. Oh, I'm trying to 
a bit of cake. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, don't throat. let us distract you from your cake eating. But it was nice to hear you eating cake. Like, when you first yeah. when you first went up like that, I thought, oh my god, he's all right, isn't he? I, I was. <laughs> it made me laugh anyway. Oh, good. good. What kind of cake you got, Nigel? Uh, it was um, a marble cake. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm just trying to swallow it. <laughs> How's your day I been? It cheered me up. I've been sitting. I've been sitting uh, watching um, a documentary on. Hannah Montana, well, Hannah Montana film, then a documentary about all what she's been doing, different bits and pieces. But I was, I was doing my prayers as well for Mum, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I do my prayers for about half an hour for lots of people that I've lost, you know, lots of friends. And it helps, I think, to do pr- the prayers. Um, what do you think? Do you think it does help, doesn't it? Well, whether you call them prayers or whether you just call meditation. it meditation or you just well, sit and have like a... like meditation, yeah. really, because I do it for a long time, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking all, a long time, you know, and um, I always feel better after I've prayed. Yeah, good. Um, well, if that's what more, works for you, but, then that's good, mm, isn't it? And I sort of, um, I'm praying a lot for my mum as well, yeah. um, as well, and thinking about mum a lot, but the point is, uh, earlier on, I was thinking that, I don't, I don't want to live anymore without Mum because she was my support with my music and she understood everything I do in music more than anybody else. Oh, Nigel. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't really want to carry on without her, but I, mm. I, um, I feel a little bit, bit, bit better now, but it, these sort of feelings keep coming over me, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's grief and that's what mm. happens, you know. And, uh... And, uh, I just want to have her back you know of course you do I mean there's no loss like that it's Mm. it's just incredible and it's so profound and yet no one is immune to it you know we all go through it I've had a busy day because the 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 council lady's been here all the afternoon helping with the forms for the funeral and the one good bit of news is the funeral's been cut down to 1,000 instead of 3,000 for the cost wow yeah and I'm going to get help with that as well. And they're throwing in the flowers for that cost as well, a lot of flowers. Okay. But I've, got, I've lost the ledgers to the piece of ground that has been paid for, and I need to find these forms, that the proof of the it's been paid for, the piece of ground. Right. And um, um, I've got to search one, but I don't really know where mum's put them. And there's so many... Um, I think I don't think they are around anywhere because I can't find them anywhere. And if I can't find them, I think probably she'd have to get in contact with the council, won't she, if it's council ground? Well, maybe, um, but yeah, surely whoever mm. you've paid will have some sort mm. of record of there it. There should be the records in the place where you got I got my death certificate, shouldn't there? Um, records of that. I'm not sure. There might the be someone listening who knows yeah, better than me. Dad's records are in there. Are they? Yeah, so they, she'd have to get in contact with them if I can't. I really can't find them because don't, I don't know where to look. Hey, listen, Nigel, don't and fret. It's driving me bomb. Well, don't fret. <laughs> it's don't driving me bomb. Me, honestly. Do you know what? Don't fret about it, Nigel, because no. there'll be a way around it, and I'm sure. I just can't. I just can't keep looking, bending no. about, and looking in drawers. It's just got. I well, mean, they've been with me all the afternoon. Well, stop. I've had to sign forms about six times. I different bet. Signatures and. It all and sounds very overwhelming, mm, Nigel, but please don't fret it's about it. It's been too much for me. Oh, it's been too much for me, have really. A, have a break. Have a break. Um, so I'll, I'll have a look in a few places, but I'm sure I don't know where they are well, the, look, for the piece of ground. This will be something really, mm. really common, because for the most mm. part, people don't live with their relatives that pass away, and so I mm. wouldn't know the first place to start, and I can't believe that, you know, uh, uh, yeah, um, it's Katie, never happened to anyone else. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll move on to another subject. Uh, Katie? Yes? Um... 
Have you been to Pink's Hot Dogs in California? I certainly have in Los oh, Angeles. Fantastic. Yeah, you, many you times. Gloria, did you? I, well, I may have, but I was pretty focused on the hot dogs and the sauerkraut. <laughs> so I, I, I rung about uh, five years ago, I rung up hot, uh, Pink's Hot Dogs to tell them about my music and stuff, being on the radio and the drum and bits and pieces. And I said I wanted my photo up in the, um, in the cab. <laughs> and um, she was very interested and she said... If I come over to Pink Hot Dog, she'll take a photo and put it up on the wall. I think, can I ask a quick question? What, what is <laughs> Pink Hot Dogs? So Pink's Hot Dogs is not even a cafe. It's actually just a little kiosk. The most famous place in Hollywood, it, isn't it? Bronx. It's it's a yeah. It's a it's a real tradition. It's it's just they just sell hot dogs. It's a hot dog stand, and uh, people queue up down the block. Wow. Just to just to get their hot dogs. It's very so, famous, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty famous. And, and um, I spoke to Gloria, who's the owner, the owner of Pink, and she's met uh, she's uh, met Emily Osmond, who, who made this documentary I've been looking at on uh, the Hannah Montana film. Uh-huh. There's a documentary of Pink, Pink's Hot Dogs, and um, uh, of course Miley Cyrus has met, met her too. Um, so she has, she has all the famous people in Hollywood on her wall in the cafe. <laughs> oh yeah, that's kind of a sort of a tradition, isn't it? Yeah. To, you know, yeah. who's who, and who's been who's been eating the, our dogs. Mm. It's marvelous, really. But I, I was I was lucky to speak to her, though, wasn't I? Oh yeah, for sure. She's a very busy, busy lady. Well, um, you know, she's the... slinging those weenies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's quite an attractive lady, this, this Gloria, because she's on the on the film I've been watching. You know? Oh, okay. But I was honoured to speak to her, have her speak to me, really. Yeah. Because that's been going since 1929. I think. Is it? I, yeah, before that, no, actually, before that, 18, Gosh, she, 18 she must be tired. Yeah, because <laughs> it started as a barrow, a barrow, you know. Yeah, uh, a, well, it isn't much more than that. It really is just a oh. stand, and then there's some cha- tables and chairs just th- mm. thrown along the side. Yeah. yeah. Well, can I, uh, um, Kay, um, um, Catherine? Yeah. Um, there's a there's a, a a song I'd like you to hear. It's on my fa- Nigel Reed on my Facebook. Right. Just um, a couple of bits down. It's a video of me singing in the BBC studios in in Tunbridge Wells. All right. And uh, I'd, ra- I'd like you to, as I cut, the neighbours have gone to bed early, I- I'd rather you play that over the radio. It's very short. All right. It's not very long. Here's, here's, um, the, here's the deal then. Yeah, yeah. We'll play that for you. It's on, what, Nigel Reader? Nigel Reader. You have to look for me singing into a microphone. It's, that's the, that's the, how you find Sam's it. Sam's having then. a look now. Have you got a pen there? Uh, me? Yeah. I want what, you to why? do something for me. What, yes? Have you got a pen and paper? Well, I, I've got, I have to go and get the pen. It's in the... Go on. Uh, and my book is in the front row. Go on then, I'll, I'll wait for you. Yeah. I like his uh, strategy of just focusing in on get your picture on the wall first, and then that's how you're drumming up business. <laughs> when he said about pink hot dog, <laughs> you thought it was. I that. thought it was some sort of strip joint. <laughs> it probably could be yeah. that Hello. as well. Hello. Are you there? Right. I want to give you a phone number, Nigel. Right. For those moments when you're feeling like you don't want to carry on, and you just oh, no, 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 I'm okay. Don't worry about that. No, I know. I've got some Samaritans I can ring up. Boom. I was going to give you Samaritans phone number. Yes, yeah, so I'm aware of that, but I'm, right, good. I'm fine. I'm, I'm coping. I'm yeah. fine. Don't worry. Yeah, no, but uh, it's not even. I'm not um, saying that you're. I'm not saying that you're going to do been anything. Just over a week. Of course it she is. Died. And, oh. um, but uh, I don't. I think it's probably part of the grieving, really. Yeah. You know? Of course it. Of course it is. Um, but here's the thing. Mm. You don't. It, you won't be wasting their time if no. you're not at death's door yourself. Know, do you, you know what I mean? You can just have a chat them, with yes. them. You can talk to them. But I have done before when Good. Dad died. Actually. All right. Yeah, but don't, uh, no, I, I've got plenty to occupy me with the laptop and, and things. Yeah, <laughs> All right, and, then. 
So, um, this, um, have you found it? Uh, Is it the Elvis one they're saying? Yeah, it's a tribute to Elvis, and you can say it was done one Christmas with... Well, it's it's quite a colourful video. All right, well, he's he he said, just give us a minute and we'll play it Mm. for you, no problem. It makes me making a noise for the neighbours. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give this number out just in case there's anyone else who's feeling a bit... Yes. You know, got, so, yes. so, and you know that it's worth it if you're uh, feeling like you just want to have a I'm chat. In, I'm in control. Don't worry. Oh, I'm I wouldn't control. suggest you weren't. But no. I also no. know that sometimes it's nice to have a gab. But I did have those feelings, thoughts, you know. Of course you did. A, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I always feel like the mm-hmm. the way to you never get over it. You get mm-hmm. you get kind of used to it. You get used to it exactly. Yeah. But I also think the only way you could avoid feeling like this. Mm-hmm. And everyone does in their life. The only way you could avoid feeling like this is if you never loved anybody. It's kind of like the fl- mm. the flip side of the coin of loving somebody is when when they're gone, you're going to yeah. miss them. I had a girlfriend that uh, was killed in a car crash that oh. I did love very much, and she mm. was um, killed about thirty. Oh. But I'd known her since she was about fourteen. Yeah, and she's she's about she would have been my age now. Yeah. Um, but she she died very young in a car crash, and I never really got over that. No. But you know what? It's because you loved her very much. Yes, and it's the same yes, with your mum. <laughs> it's yes. the same with your mum. And no, I'm sure she'd be very proud of the way mm. you're behaving and looking mm. after yourself. And she want, and that's what she would want you to do. I, I, I think I'll carry on because I know she will want me to carry on with my music. Of course oh, she would. Yes, yes, absolutely. And yeah. you know, it will start to get easier at some point, I promise you. Mm. All right? Yeah. We'll play your song then. Thanks, Catherine. Hey, have a... Have a, a be easy on yourself. Stop looking for that thing. I'm sure it'll turn up. And if it doesn't, that's oh, not yeah. the end of the world. Uh, uh, it's not going to be staying up all night looking for it, nope. is it? No, no, um, no. Also, it'll just wind you up and you don't need that. Yeah. Have a rest and, and be kind to yourself. it all back again, it, isn't it, as yeah. well? You know, it's bad it'll, enough waiting for the funeral. It, it's not the end of the world. If you can't find it, there'll be no, another way. And, no. and that woman from the council sounds really, really helpful. Yeah, but she's also very stroppy as well. <laughs> she, she, she'll bite your head off as well, even though you're in pain with the, the fault. Does she? Know? Well, yeah. maybe next time she does that, say, excuse me, would you mind just being a bit kind from having yeah, a hard a time? Yeah, a bit yeah. All right. So, uh, Meriden's number. I'll listen, I'll listen to this in a minute then. then All right, cool. Some, listen, um, Nigel, thanks for ringing us. I appreciate uh, uh, it. Can I stay on the phone to hear it? Cause I, it of course you can. On the phone. Of course you can. Right, that Samaritan's number is 116123. It's as endorsed by Nigel, who we're about to hear. So, you know, if you're ever feeling like you just want to have a talk to someone, that they're, they're there to listen, and um, and you won't be the first or the last no. person to do it, right? I was very nervous in the BBC studios uh, because I was being filmed, as well as singing live on air as well. I don't believe that, Nigel. You're a showman. I was, yeah, but we all get nervous, don't we? Yeah. Um, but I didn't do too bad. Let's have a listen then. Here's Nigel. When no one else can understand me, when everything I do is wrong, you give me love and constellation, you give me strength to carry on, and you're always there to lend a hand in everything I do. That's the wonder, the wonder of you. And when you smile, the world is brighter. I kiss your lips and you are mine. Your kiss to me is worth a fortune. Your love to me is everything. And you're always there to lend a hand in everything I do. That's the wonder, the wonder of you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. <laughs> it 
was awful. <laughs> No, it's, uh, it's the, the last note I, I went a bit nervous on. I think I didn't quite catch the last note. Oh, well, I think he was great and he yeah, covered it up beautifully. The, the beginning part wasn't too bad. We're, go, we're about to go into the break, but I, I can't do it without having... No, uh, no, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, give us, considering it was long. Nigel, give us the Elvis thank you very much. Thank you very much. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Um so thanks for everyone who's sent text messages in about Nigel's yeah. situation. And look, I know we've had a laugh and a joke with Nigel over the years and but I think that this show um really brings out the best in people in times like the sort of time that Nigel's having at the moment and I really appreciate it and I know that Nigel does too. And I also know that a lot of you tweeted him personally yes, when his mom passed I saw away. That. Yeah, it was really something. Yeah. So thanks very much for doing that because um don't get that on many shows that sort of sense of community in fact i was listening to one of my favorite podcast probably hands down keith and the girl right okay and um, we met keith and the girl when we went to new york last year was it last year was it the year before that was last year wasn't it and to be honest i hadn't heard very much of them before it was something that ian had found and his we were going to new york and we wanted to find as many creative people as possible now keith and Hemda, who do keith and the girl have been podcasting since before podcasting was a thing right mm. 13 years oh my gosh so they're right at the very sort of forefront of it and they've done something like 3000 episodes they do every they work every single work day a uh, weekday and then you know there are kind of um there are spin-offs as well to the podcast as well. It's just brilliant. You enter into their sort of world and they've got a really similar sort of community to the one we have. And one of the most brilliant things, and I, I knew I had to share it with you when I was driving in today, I'm sort of catching up on the last two weeks. Normally I used to listen every single day and I'm like right up to date. Yeah. But a real, you know, when you've got, you can binge listen to a load of stuff. Yeah. Like I've had two weeks off with like absolutely pony Wi-Fi, so I wasn't able to listen and catch up with the podcast. And also they're quite sweary and adult mm. and um, unfiltered, I would say. So it's not something I could have on in the background when I had the girls around. It's kind of my little, my, my time. Executive, when I'm driving executive time. Oh yeah, it's so good. So anyway, I was driving in today and I was listening to Keith and the girl from the 9th of August and they gave this show the most amazing shout out <gasps> really yeah because since we met them we've had a bit of to and fro with them ian's been on their shows on his own since like when last time he went to new york yeah when i was in here last yeah yeah and um and hemda sometimes joins us on um on the on the phone if she's listening in she tends to listen uh, watch on youtube i think mm. so yeah. that might cause problems in the future um but she'll ring in and she's like they become friends of the show so anyway i'm listening to this thing and they're talking to a guy who is giving up his life in New York. I think he's from the West Coast anyway. He's given up his life in New York and basically he's just going to travel around. It's kind of that thing we were talking to Matt from New York. Yeah, um, homeless by choice. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, his relationship, he's 29. His relationship uh, recently broke up. He's a, uh, a stand-up, but also, you know, he has to earn a living in other ways as well. Yeah. He's made a I think he said something like th he made 30,000 he's had to spend three on equipment yeah. 30,000 from moving people out of their apartments oh. and he can do like four a day and people said oh you know you're expensive he does it in two hours you can move <gasps> you out of a New York apartment in two hours and he will do it for you just one guy yeah he's just got this amazing work ethic anyway so they're talking to this guy and um, it, it, I realized this was the guy that we've 
Kemda said to me, I've got this guy's phone number. Do you want him on the, on the, on the show? It's like, of course I do. Anyone who's a friend of theirs is a friend of ours. And if she recommends him, he's, you know, he's going to be great. So we're going to speak to him in about a week, I think. He's in London at the moment. So oh. the, his first stop on his grand tour. And he's talking about going to, um, Asia and going to, um, places like Italy. He's is he going to help people move in Asia and Italy? He's going to do whatever he needs to do. Okay. And he's going to document it and put it out on YouTube and All stuff, right. right? So he's, there's going to be something creative made of it as well. It's not just him going on holiday yeah. and living on his wits, but he, it's going to be brilliant. So we're going to be speaking to him. But while they were talking to him, they got talking about this show. And Hemda was saying, and which was a massive, a massive um, compliment, that the community around this show is the closest thing to the one around theirs. And it's oh. taken them 13 years to build it up. And she oh. loves it. And she loves being part of it. And, you know, she goes into the forums or on Twitter and stuff. And you talk to her. She gets a real kick out of it. So... What I'm saying is um, there probably won't be any YouTube for, for I don't know how long, but um, I guess I guess there won't be any YouTube un- until Talk Radio decides to do an official one. But if you want to keep in touch with them and if you want to listen to Keith and the Girl, and I know that was one of our listeners, Beck, got in touch with them and dropped the C-bomb within about two minutes of her uh, his or her email. That's fine. Keith and the Girl is a place to do it, right? right? Because they're podcast and yeah. they can say what they want. Um, anyway, and they were saying that they'd been, they'd come to them through, through us. And what I'm saying is the to and fro is wonderful. If you have a listen to Keith and the girl, tell them how brilliant we think they are. Tell them how brilliant you think they are. It means a lot. And, um, it's a relationship that we're hoping to, to keep going because it, they're just fantastic. And it's the closest thing to what we do is what they do and vice versa. Oh, I love this cross-pollination. Oh, they're so good. And they're people that are kind of, I find them really inspirational. They're a man-woman team. She's an equal partner. There is absolutely no, I mean, if there is, I don't know, there's no kind of ego tension thing. They used to be together, actually. They broke up and stayed together as a podcasting partnership. Interesting. They have gone through everything on air and they're, like brutally honest they will tell you everything like Keith's getting divorced at the moment he told us as it was happening now he's got uh, a girlfriend for the first time he was dating for a while he tried all the sort of apps and stuff it's just I need to listen it's real life but yeah. you know but it's done in such an entertaining way it's really really good so Keith and the girl is basically what I'm saying that you need to listen to um I just wanted to repay the advert they did for us because they're brilliant um and also I find people who get off and get up and do things creatively like that i just find them really inspirational i also know that there are loads of uh, uh, people listening to this show who've started doing there so if you want us to um publicize your podcast give us a shout we'd love to uh don't know if you do texts says lee um but what happened to ian ian's um having a couple of he's having a week off and he'll be back uh, but thanks for all the lovely comments about him and um, we all miss him too uh, we've also got this one through from Roger on the tweets. It will get easier, Nigel. Oh, he's talking to you, Nigel Reader, if you're still listening. I doubt he is. Hopefully he's gone to bed. I can promise you that, that, uh, that it will get easier. The pain will always be there, but it does fade. You'll be okay. Hang in there, fella. You've got a lot of people thinking about you. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Listen, I'm banging on. If you want to give us a ring, 0344 499 1000. But we've got loads to talk about if you just want to sit back and relax and listen to the chit-chat. Yes. If there's something we know how to do, it's that, isn't it, Katie? Yes, 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 yes. Right. What do you fancy? Do you want the man who cheated with 300 women? Do you want... We've done the mum with the uh, special ghost. We need to talk about the sexist school. Oh, the sexist school. All right, here we go. 
<clears throat> All right, brace yourselves. Imagine an elementary school. An elementary school is what for little kids? Yeah, it's a kindergarten through sixth grade, so that's like uh, five to 12 years old. Okay, this is 2018, and this is, but this is in Texas. Texas, yeah. On the wall above the lockers, in those kind of um, glossy decals that you can get online, you know, you can get all these kind of Disney quotes and stuff, for your, or you can write T where you keep your tea, or you can have home, where you have your home, all that stuff. So above the lockers in this elementary school in Texas, the words, the more you act like a lady, the more he'll act like a gentleman. Okay, this is for five to 12-year-olds. Uh-huh. So that there ain't no ladies or gentlemen in this group of children. No. And they're addressing, I mean, they're addressing the women. They're addressing the girls yes. here, aren't so, they? So this is a message for the ladies where it's basically victim blaming it's your behavior yeah it's your behavior is is controls his behavior will control his behavior and decides what happens to you yeah okay so already that's it's just okay the the phrase itself is suspect the fact that it's directed towards six-year-olds is strange because you're basically you're all animals you're all beasts until you're you know, 29 or something, and, and you're fully developed. So they're all just little animals running around. And then what's most interesting is uh, what is the origin of, of this, oh, yeah, this quotation? Okay, so I get potentially that this is some misguided attempt to put, I mean, Socialization. a mo-quo, mo right? A motivational quote. So okay. I'm sure that it's not the only one that mo there is on, on the walls around there. And, yeah. uh, and we live in a world of memes these days, right? So if someone thinks they've done a cool thing and they're talking about, you know, how your behavior dictates how other people treat you. Yeah, but it's based on gender. And it's, and, it's, and, so cool. and it's only directed towards the girls. Yeah, exactly. And also, it it's bollocks, let's be honest. Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, like, you, you can be as good or not good or sweet or not sweet, and, you know, the jerks are still going to pester you. Boom, there we go. Right, so this quote, though, comes from um, Sidney Biddle Barrows, right? It's commonly attributed to, so I guess it means that it's not absolutely certain that it is. But this person is a controversial businesswoman known as the Mayflower Madam. Already, I'm thinking, this person in Texas did not do their research. Well, they're probably not a great thinker, to be honest, anyway. Barrows was convicted of promoting prostitution in 1985. Oh, wow, I thought that this was something from years old, ago. Yeah, the Old West or something. The Mayflower Madam, indeed. Yeah. So, convicted of promoting prostitution in 1985 after being accused of running an escort service. So, this is like putting something that Heidi Fly said on the wall. Sure, right? sure. And, you know, which, she, again, I haven't got a major problem with, depending on what she's saying. Well, she's just, you know, we're talking about a successful businesswoman. Maybe there could be something about, like, how, how you know, she made herself, was a self-made woman yes. and turned herself into a success. <laughs> exactly. So according to the University of Virginia archives, right, this is this is the situation with uh, the Mayflower Madam. Sydney Biddle Barrows. By the way, another brilliant podcast is the Old Pro Podcast. We talked about that yes, last time, do you remember? Yes. So Barrows was convicted of promoting prostitution in 1985. So that's where it comes from. So hours after this tweet, this went out as a tweet with this woman saying, I cannot believe this is up in in, in this. Um... Well, you can learn from anyone, can't you? Uh huh. But she's saying, this is um, L Beckman on Twitter. This is the wall at Gregory Lincoln Middle School in Houston. It's per oh, it's a middle school. So middle school is ah, actually right. tw 12, no, 13, 14 years old. Wow. So Th you're 12, 12, 13. Yeah, middle school. All ah, right. Hang on a sec. It's Where did I see elementary? 
they're saying it uh, doesn't matter doesn't matter anyway so it's little kids okay it's perpetuating horrible gender stereotypes shaming women and relinquishing boys of all responsibility it's yeah. sexist misogynistic and discriminatory i'm horrified right so within hours of this happening and this going up um uh here we go uh, this tweet began gaining attention the school removed the quote according to a station obta- uh, sorry a statement obtained by khou news Please be advised that the quote on the wall of Gregory Lincoln PK5 Education Centre has been removed. Overnight, the wall decal letters were taken down, the wall was floated out, and a new slab of drywall was installed and painted. Wow, we've got a lot of detail about the decor. (laughs) And then we had to, like, demolish the entire school and then rebuild it. Beckman's tweet was retweeted and liked thousands of times. She tweeted her thanks to the school district on Saturday morning. I see this as proof that our elected officials listen when we speak up. I have a question about Sydney Barrow Biddles. Yeah, let's have a look. Um, did I? I don't doubt that she was a very successful entrepreneur uh, and small business, or maybe some big business I owner. That, I think the size of the business might have been what gave her away. Oh yeah. Um, but is that really a, a motto that she attributed her success to? Because it doesn't really seem like being treated like a lady was that instrumental <laughs> in her success. No, you know what it I'm does saying? seem like for someone who's seen quite a bit of life, it does seem like a very strange thing to say. Yeah. Right. So here's the Wikipedia entry for Sydney Biddle Barrows, born January the 14th, 1952. So she's still around. An American businesswoman who became known as an escort agency owner under the name Sheila Devin. Devan. Divine? Well, it's spelled, with, it's spelled D-E-V-I-N. They're not big on... Divine, I bet yeah. it is. Divine. Divine. Div- My name is Sheila Divine. I am Divine, and I ain't no lady. <laughs> <laughs> she later became known as the Mayflower Madam. She's since become a management consultant and uh, writer. I bet she has. Hey, I wonder if she would come on this show. Mm. I would love to speak to her, wouldn't you? Yeah. In October... Let's find out a bit more before we start Okay, yeah, we're approach. getting carried away. In October 1984, her escort service was disbanded, and after pleading guilty for promoting prostitution, Barrows wrote a 1986 autobiography, Mayflower Madam, The Secret Laugh of Sidney Biddle Barrows. Mm. A TV movie based on the book starring Candice Bergen was broadcast in 1987 under the title Mayflower Madam. Mm. Here we go. So... Barrows comes from the Biddle family of Pe- uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, so she probably doesn't talk like that, and is descended directly from Mayflower passenger oh. William Brewster, John Howland, and Thomas Rogers. So she's probably a daughter of the American Revolution. She probably is, yeah. She graduated from the Fashion Institute of Technology located in New York City. After graduation, she worked um, in 1975 as an assistant to Alan Snyder, bath buyer for Abraham and Strauss. Does that mean anything to you, Abraham and Strauss? No. She was introduced to a world of high-class prostitution and started her own escort service named Cachet, which existed in New York City from 79 to 84. Some of its clients included industrialists, high-powered business execs and lawyers, foreign diplomats and Arabian oil sheikhs, the usual suspects, let's be honest. Right. In October 1984, her escort service was shut down and she was charged with promoting prostitution by the Manhattan District Attorney Office. The name Mayflower Madam was coined by a New York Post reporter. After her guilty plea, she published a best-selling autobiography, which we know, blah, blah, blah. She also appeared in 87 on the late-night television series Saturday Night Live with a parody of her book. The sketch included Candace Bergen, who played the role of the made-for-TV movie uh, Mayflower Madam. She subsequently wrote two books on sexual etiquette. 
Oh, great. So she's like, she's an unreformed, unashamed woman. Yeah, well, she's great. She's she's good at her area of expertise and she wants absolutely. to share, share it. I kind of like that thing when people are absolutely unabashed about it. Well, here's the thing. It's such a joke that there's such a thing as being charged for promoting prostitution because if people didn't want to visit prostitutes there would be yeah. you know i mean the, went, the promotion mm, is now not, i come to think of it it yeah. would be a good idea thanks for promoting that yeah the, you know the other thing is yeah there's no promotion needed the the need is there also the fact that it's the women that get shamed and held up as you know yeah we've got to control those women because mm -hmm. uh you know yeah it doesn't make any sense it's yeah. that the men are uh men will be men men will be men locker room talk yeah exactly so yeah no the more i think about this i Let's try and get her on. Could we? Could we try? Sydney Billow Barrow, Biddle Barrows. I'd love to know what she thinks about this quote being on the wall. I'd love to know whether she thinks it has got anything to do with her. Yes. I, I find it weird, don't you? It is funny. I, it's, you know, it is interesting, the whole uh, um, culturally uh, women's roles as madams. Um, and we talked about the lady who's behind the old pro yeah. uh, podcast. Um, Caitlin. Kate, yes. Um, I visited a, a ghost town. Oh, we're, we're blending all of our topics here. I visited a ghost was town. Was it a sexy ghost town? It was kind of a sexy ghost town. Uh, Bo Bo Bodley, California? Not quite sure. Anyway, um, and all these tin shacks and, and buildings are still there. And it was all part of the California gold rush. So you'd have all these uh, prospectors rushing out there. And then wherever there's prospectors, there's all these other industries, industries usually meaning the prostitutes who come and follow the camp. And, you know, it's good business for everybody. And then gradually, you know, the school teacher will move in and then they'll, you know, the, it'll be more of an infrastructure. But the, the prostitutes, the, the madams who run, uh, the bordellos, they have, to, they're real smart. You mm -hmm. know, they're the ones that have to figure out their wheeler dealers. They have to be good with people, you know, management, uh, money, all of that. So yeah, also there's an element of danger in being a really professional, successful, wealthy woman in that kind of environment well right? and you know what's funny is that they had a lot of power and clout mm -hmm. because they were so influential i mean they could take their girls away take their business elsewhere and they ended up being so uh influential and powerful and having and wealthy that they were able to uh affect the building and the direction of the town so they could they had a lot of money they could say all right well let's build a, a new church here and so therefore prostitution was contributing to the sanctimonious side of the town and the holy roller side of the town well and what caitlin bailey told us when she came on was this idea that you know if you're a working class woman um someone who uh, was dependent on a man for the most part of your income um because you know there wasn't you would stay in a home with kids or you know all this sort of stuff it was quite usual for you at some point to have to trade favors yeah and the difference was someone who did it kind of as as an amateur hmm. and someone who was quite proud to be able to say you know and some and, and that that the difference society wise was that those women were women who'd fallen on hard times right and they were to be pitied but then there was the uppity woman who'd managed to earn quite a lot of money she was dressing sassy and she didn't mind who she spoke to and they were the ones who either had loads of power because they knew exactly where the bodies were buried, sometimes literally, right? Yeah. Or they were the ones to take down because 
they had too much power and yeah. how dare a woman be speaking to a man like that or be considering herself on the, on the level with a man like that like that that old pro podcast is a massive eye-opener yeah. absolutely i've really enjoyed it they've kind of scaled it back a little bit they do one every couple of weeks now rather than one every week but mm. it's definitely worth a listen it's opened my eyes i mean it's no one, no one knows what goes on unless you're involved in it right 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 but actually it's probably happening in your street at some point yes i mean that that's it's always it's such an interesting tangy topic because uh there there's a fine line between the self-directed self-actualized women who are sex workers and then uh or maybe there isn't a fine line but there's definitely a line between them and and people who are sexual slaves yeah. or you trafficked know. yeah but here's the thing and i don't know whether the stats work out in this country the same but according to this podcast and they would know better than i do right especially because caitlin is now a massive advocate for you know prostitutes and and in all its for prostitution in all its forms and the fact that you know they're paying taxes and doing all this stuff and so they shouldn't contributing even to society exactly maligned and they also want their rights represented um she said that you it's almost guaranteed that you will know someone who sold sex at some point in their life yeah yeah it's kind of a hidden hidden yeah. situation yeah we're thinking about it, isn't it let's have a quick word with gavin shall we hey gavin how's it going Kath? i'm um, all right thanks um, um, yeah, I'm. I'm just kind of mystified. I'm not sure. Do you agree with prostitution or not? I don't think it's up to me to agree or disagree with it. It happens. I think it just happens. No, it's, it's a fact is, of I'm life. Sorry, it's Katie, that's that's um, your your co-defendant. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really not sure what point of view both of you are trying to put across. Do you do you think prostitution is a good idea or? Does it, like, sting the house out? It's like saying, um, is is the sun shining a good idea? I think it's just it just exists. It's existed. They call it the oldest profession for a reason. I don't think women should be shamed for it. No, it's just, it was, um, I started listening about um, 45 minutes ago, and you, you both sounded really anti the idea of prostitution. And it seems through your discourse and your discussion that you've kind of, um, you've stepped a little bit to the other way that you think it's it's probably a good idea or have i got it wrong yeah you've got it wrong what did you say what, what did we say that made you think that we were against it um immediately when i when i switched on um to listen to you you seem quite vehemently um anti the idea because, um, it's, because it's we men, said what? um it's men taking liberties with women it's um it's all the money and then you kind of in, in my opinion you kind of like switch sides and then you thought hang on a minute a lot of the women make a lot of money out of this gig so it's probably not such a bad idea and then if i've got it wrong i apologize but that's how it it came across with me it's not what we said gavin it kind of was Kath. all right well listen you're entitled to your own opinion you're not entitled to your own facts and we didn't say it no, I'm not. I'm not saying that you you um said it as a fact, but the the way it came across was at the to, beginning. To you, you said it was like all bad news and it's all men taking money off women, and then once you discussed it, your your message seemed to have swerved. No, we didn't. That's say That's all I'm saying. Man. I'm not we, accusing you of like. You, we, you know. you're, you're accusing of saying something we didn't say. No, I'm. I'm. I don't think I'm because yeah, at the are. beginning of your 
your conversation, you said it was like prostitution, all bad news, men making money off these poor women. Never said and it. then you talked about it, and then you changed. Never said it. Um, so... You tell us what we said. At the beginning of your conversation, you and Casey, you were discussing how it must be um, the men that were making money out of prostitution. No. We were talking about the... We're talking the, about a woman who made a lot of money about... We were talking about that quote in the school, and then it turns out the quote uh, was made by a famous madam, the Mayflower madam, and then yeah. we, we discussed her and how she was an entrepreneur and, and very And how successful. she'd made a lot of and money out of it. she'd made loads of money. Yeah. Where did so, the men... Yeah, that's, that's kind of... That's where did the men come into that in your mind? The, the, it, it, it kind of wasn't in my mind. It was implicit in what you were describing as a as a career path for these poor women that that they actually yeah poor, poor women your poor, words, poor, women. poor women poor women no it wasn't i can guarantee that wasn't okay maybe um i misremembered gavin are you um, all right sorry are you all right i'm as all right as anyone else on the planet yeah you sure Um, 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 yeah, yeah, I'm all right, Kat. Yeah, okay. thanks for okay. inquiring, man. Okay, cool. Thanks for ringing, Gavin. All right, see you later. Bye. Bye. What happened to Gavin? Yeah. We've had a, we've had a few conversations with Gavin. What's up with Gavin? That's a good question. Um, Matt Thomas, Gavin is accusing you of saying what you never said. <laughs> okay. Just, yeah, I'm I'm not convinced Gavin is all right. Oh. I'm not convinced Gavin is all right. Um, but yeah, what what do we what do we do about that? Didn't we say that we weren't going to have Gavin on anymore because it wasn't doing him any good? <laughs> We're not a good influence on Gavin. No, it's just that there's been a couple of moments where he's said things that haven't happened anyway it's probably not fair to say it on air but uh, it has been said on air so i don't know i don't know what to do with that do you no let's uh talk about something else pa- par- parasites <laughs> yeah, let's talk about- quick throw me a parasite okay fact. i have a parasite fact so um there is a parasite that preys on crickets it is called a hair worm which already creates a delightful picture in your mind. Uh, crickets don't like the water. They like to chirp and hop about. But once a hairworm gets on them and starts chewing away, it injects a mind-altering chemical into the cricket. And the thing that a hairworm needs the cricket to do is go to the water and have a lovely swim in a lake because that is where it can lay its eggs and get all juicy and lubricated and move on to the next well, so, stage of its life. So this thing's MO is to make them like itchy. So yeah. They go. No, not itchy. Just it basically rewires their brain. So it gets, it bites some burrows in, t- basically uses the cricket, starts to eat the cricket. That's always the thing. The, the, when the parasite jumps on somebody, on its host, it will start to have a snack on you and then at the same time rewire your brain and make you do something that you never thought you needed to do in your life. In this case, the cricket thinks, I 
am going to have a lovely swim, forgetting that it doesn't swim at all. So it's gotten turned into a robot cricket, starts moving into the water, by which time the, you know, it is now officially a zombie of the hair worm, which lays its eggs and then explode out of the cricket carcass. And then maybe a bird flies by and eats it and then it ingests, gets, you know, sucked into the bird system. Something I'm noticing about the parasites is they do really like an explosion. They like a big finish. They like a big finish. <laughs> you know, it's not worth it otherwise. you got to make a big splash. <laughs> Still thinking about that one in the fish's mouth. Yeah. That really is hit. I mean, <laughs> imagine yeah. one fish looking at another fish. You've got a little something Yeah, Yeah, it's just a big In hat. your Hello. teeth. <laughs> oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. We're coming towards the end of the show. So if you wanted to say something quick, say it. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. So, right, we're coming towards the end of the show and we've covered loads of stuff. Um, yet more sexy ghosts, uh, horrific um, cat-based um, massacres. Well, it's, it's, it's a massacre, isn't yeah, it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no two ways around it. Yeah, sadistic, um, horrible person. We've talked about um, prostitution. Um, to some people it came across as completely different from what actually I think most people heard I still feel a bit crappy about that conversation but I don't know what to do with it I'm going to have to think about it but um, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that there was something else going on there and it wasn't to do with the conversation that we were or weren't having yeah no I think there was an agenda yeah yeah I often feel that though with him that there's something else going on behind it um and uh we've talked about the lighter side of life too um let's have a look at these we've oh parasites of course has been a major theme running through (laughs) should we go back to the mucky stuff like um sex robots that's another recurring theme on this show all right i'm not convinced about sex robots i'm not either i think that there are some papers and i'm going to say the daily star I'm wondering if they've got shares in sex. Yeah, robots, yeah, right? that's that'll, that'll, that has to be it, right? <laughs> because the, I mean, I know the Daily Star is run by a pornographer. I was going to say it's run by a sex robot, but and, and it's okay. effectively porn for cowards. I mean, every other story is kind of someone flashing something, um, either on purpose or in someone's imagination. Who <laughs> happens to take a? Is, uh, that, is that where the, the spunking ghost story came from, or uh, is that somewhere else? Let me see. No, that was the mirror. Oh, okay, they're all <laughs> getting. They're the all mirror. at it. They're all at it. I'm pretty sure that if the star hasn't already done it, they'll definitely do it tomorrow. Yeah. But the star really are very keen on the idea of these sex robots. And the thing is, <laughs> the way they... And it's only for men, right? Or, or do ladies... No, they're, they're making them for, for women too. I don't want a sex robot. No, I don't either. I find that quite frightening. I don't want anything. What if it goes into a... overdrive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you plug him in? I don't want I mean, it. I mean, don't, I know you would, but Kath- would you plug him into the wall? Catherine, don't make me go with a sex robot. <laughs> <laughs> but there are also sex robot brothels, you know that? And again, what? they only have a limited number. I don't want to get... I don't, I don't think wanna, about what their draining board looks like. I don't want to... can g- wash the parts. That's the point. You can, they're detachable. I don't want to get do, a, like, sloppy seconds with a sex robot no. and, you know, 1,700 previous... No. And also the idea Bronco that Buster Riders. the way the way the star will write it, it sounds like it's you know one of the like the robots, uh, ultra realistic ones from Westworld. It won't be. It's basically a sex toy with stuck on a doll, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. What okay. could this one possibly be about, right? Followers of the U.S.-based sex tech firm Realbotics 
have been waiting on tenterhooks for the release of Harmony, an AI-powered robotic head that can be attached to a sex doll body. All right, so this is... Um, okay, I'm imagining it performs certain functions. Maybe it gives you a little bit of chit-chat. An AI. But for the most point... Yeah. Right, okay, so... It's got mobile mandibles. <laughs> It's That's where got, we're going. It's got luscious labia, and I'm talking upper, not lower. <laughs> the company based at Abyss Creations Factory in San Marcos, California, has been actively promoting Harmony as the world's first commercially available sex robot since 2016. In a video announcement this week, Realbotics founder and CEO Matt McMullen has provided buyers with an update on the status of Harmony's release date. All right, so they've been banging on about this since 2016. Gosh. When are we going to see these amazing sex robots? Will they be like Daryl Hannah? apart from the murderous bit, will they be like Daryl Hannah in Blade Runner? Of course they won't. There'll be some sort of tacky sex doll that maybe can say, I love you, or yeah. something equally yeah. You're convincing. Handsome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do it. <laughs> Encouraging words. Motivational quotes. Yeah, yeah. Speaking to Brick Doll... Come on. Come on. What? Right. The first person to own a Harmony sex robot is apparently called Brick Doll Banger. No. Is this written by Charles Dickens? <laughs> this story. Brick doll banger. Wait, brick doll banger? Yes. Is that German? <laughs> Is that a germ of German descent, that name? Matt said the first run of cyborg heads costing around seven thousand seven hundred and seventy five pounds, ten thousand dollars. Not sixty nine sixty nine. Should be ready to be dispatched by the end of August. Gosh. What, just the heads, or can just, you get a body? I think it's just the heads. So what, you've got to stick them on yourself? Yeah. <laughs> that would be an improvement. <laughs> At the start of the six-minute-long video, Matt shows property developer Brick. Uh, he's not a property developer called Dollbanger. Come on. I would like to buy a house from you, Mr. Dollbanger. <laughs> I trust you. Matt shows property developer Brick four plastic boxes, each containing rudimentary versions of the robotic head kit. Oh, rudimentary. I don't think they've gotten very far from beyond that. They've got two weeks. They better sort it out because rudimentary, unless it's, it's rudimentary, it's uh, not going to sell. Uh, uh. He said the hardware, hardware aspect of building Harmony is going hardware. well. I know, man. But said the integration of the X mode... And a completely revamped app is delaying the I release. I would like to have your X mode integrated with mine, <laughs> Mr. Brick Doll Banger. In, promo in promotional materials, Realbotics ambiguously claims the setting will allow Harmony to fulfill your wildest sexual desires. And at I, this point, Paul I, Ross walks in. I find that very unambiguous. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. Well, there's Wildest. an interesting sex robot in that film that um, Kubrick commissioned a screenplay for and Steven Spielberg made, AI, when Jude Law plays a state-of-the-art sex robot. Would that oh, change that your thinking? Is? Yeah. Oh, no. He's a kind of male robotic gigolo. Oh, I see. Oh, it's like your plastic that. hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're both rethinking this whole thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. Not, not that your trivial, superficial or appearances <laughs> in any way, shape or form. It's late, Paul. Oh. It's late. Is that right? I, I just no forgot. Idea. I just forgot. I just remembered, like, the being touched by the poignancy of the child. Yeah, I mean, that is a remark. It's three films almost. It's based on a short story by Brian Aldiss called Summer Toys Last All Summer Long. Uh. And the end is so poignant and Pinocchio-like. Yes. It? Well, that's all I remember. I've never but seen it. It's worth a look. I'll, I might, I'll dig it out. I've got it on DVD somewhere. I'll dig it out Oh, bless you. you. Don't give me any more DVDs till I give you that no, vampire one back. I don't need back, a bat. When you finish with them, give them to charity shops. They're fine. Oh, Paul. Yeah, no, honestly, I've, I'm, I'm, I've, stopped. I'm, I'm gonna, I've now decided when I watch the film three times, I'm not going to watch it anymore. 
I have apart from my cue you going films, back on there and buying them from, again. Apart from my ten favourite films, which Go I on. can't, you know. Well, number one's The Wild Bunch, Singing in the Rain. Um, I think Jules Jim, Truffaut's film. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, Goddard's Weekend and The Seven Samurai. Those are my top five. Beautiful. Tragic. Wow. I watch Jules Jim. Blokes know that kind of rubbish, don't they? It's just yeah. rubbish. You know, we're, we're inflexible. And a list. And he's doing a list. Of course I'm doing a list. I watched Jules Jim when I was about 18, probably too young to get any of it. Oh, heartbreaking. And yeah. the novel, but the, it's on Amazon Prime for free at the moment. Is it? It's Amazon Prime, you can check it out. And it's absolutely, I mean, haunting chilling but beautiful i'm uh, gonna watch it again okay this adult. is fabulous but i'm on tender hooks about this sex oh, robot let's, oh, find sorry, out, sorry. let's find out what brick dollbanger has to say I, i'm really i love brick dollbanger <laughs> i don't believe he's called that i think be. i totally believe that he was, he was born that? on a road called brick and his first pet was called dollbanger isn't that how you work it <laughs> <laughs> you pervert name in the video matt elaborates explaining the x mode is a sensor in the headboard headboard oh the, of the doll that enables harmony to detect movement orientate and respond with noises and expressions i oh want to hear those noises i mean what happened to just pulling a string in the back what's wrong with that imagine the northern version do you fancy it or what <laughs> i'm not in the mood <laughs> he said integrating the x mode has proven to be more difficult than we anticipated but stressed it was one of the most important aspects oh come on this guy is full of it this thing's never going to be ready by um the end of august give it up lads and actually go and speak to a woman <laughs> Kath has spoken. Did, did you hear that story about they had one of these sex robots on display at some sort of uh, convention? And by the end oh, of the got day, ruined, didn't it? yeah, like just her hair was kind of askew and her clothes were pawed off and teeth marks. And yeah, I actually, think, maybe it's best they don't go near real women. Real women. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I think for the, a certain category of limited individual, a sex robot would be a good. Oh, diversion. What's that hideous group incel? Is it? Yeah, celibate. That yes. Lot? Yep. Yeah. yeah. There you go. God. Perfect. What, what, and on that, as the father of four daughters, you've cheered me right up, you two. Now, with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh I, I'm, I'm the mother of two daughters, uh, and frankly, I'm going to start building the tower now. I think so. Yes. So, what's coming up on your show? Hopefully, uh, nothing quite as horrible as a this. Remarkable story. It sounds like the start of a science fiction film. August 2016, 300 reindeer are heard are cowering under a thunderstorm in uh, in Norway. Okay, huge thunderstorm. Lightning strikes the ground, travels up through the reindeer's legs, kills them all. <gasps> It's not a joke, absolutely fact. Now, normally, and this has happened before, but not on this scale, normally the Norwegian government sends in bulldozers, removes them, mass burial. This time around, scientists persuaded them to leave them as what they're calling a decomposition island, and they've learnt an amazing amount from these corpses. Because in nature, there'd be no bulldozers to get rid of them. They've been attracting wolverines, they think animals have come from as far away as Siberia, they've got all kinds of corbids descending on them, it's increased the wildlife, but it's a fascinating story. Oh, I love and this story. it sounds story. like a movie. The other great story we've got involves puffins, possibly my favourite bird, um, did you know what the group noun for a puffin is? There are a few of them. They can be a burrow, yeah. they can be a puffinry, they can be a circus, or my favourite is they can be an improbability of puffins. Wow. Isn't that lovely? Anyway, they're trying to save them in Canada because of the uh, light pollution. When they come from their burrows, because they're ground nesting birds, they're meant to head for the ocean, the light puts them off, and loads of, and they're called pufflings, have been killed in the road. So the past few years they've been looking for volunteers to go and literally, with butterfly nets, scoop up the pufflings and take them to the ocean. Aww. They've had to ask them to stop. Last week they had 300 people turn up with their headlights and their torches adding to the light pollution. So we're talking about an overreaction to the puffling problem and the, I love that, isn't it? Great decomposition islands. My God, I know what I'm listening to on the way home. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Kiss FM is great. <laughs> Down with the kids, I love it. Never. Thanks very much for your company tonight. Thanks, Katie. Oh, thank you, Catherine. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Hayley. Paul Ross coming up next. You know where you're going to stay, right here. This is Talk Radio.